There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irvin Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. tuning into Romancing the Pod. You had us at hello. I'm Paige Wesley. I'm Mikey Randolph. And I'm Todd Schlosser. And this week I made you guys watch My, my Best, Best Friend's, Friend's Wedding. Wedding. Yes. So was this the first time any of you had seen this before? Yes. I had never seen this before. Really? You hadn't? Okay. So what did you think, Mikey? First impressions of My Best Friend's Wedding. Not since Sweet Home Alabama has a movie <laughs> been about a villain. <laughs> yeah, Cameron Diaz is the worst in this movie. I agree She's terrible. I no, <laughs> I think Julia Roberts is worse than Reese Witherspoon. Julia Roberts is the fucking villain in this movie. No, she is. She's a terrible person. Yeah. And like it is batshit bonkers to an extreme degree <laughs> that I was not expecting from a Julia Roberts picture. Yeah. And like I was just like, this woman is a psychopath. Yeah. I, I mean, all these people were famous and like they had some really good parts, but like. I could not get into the movie because I was like, this is the most unhealthy de like depiction of a friendship I've ever seen in my whole life. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I saw this probably 20 years ago as Same. a child. Yeah. And at the time, I was not super confident. I didn't feel like I understood how to talk to boys. And I definitely was what that person who would end up more friendly than interest, whatever. Uh, and so I remember as a child really empathizing with Julia and being mad they didn't end up together. Oh, wow. And, okay. And and then in the past 20 years as an adult, I've been like, no, she's a monster. Yeah, she's a terrible person. <laughs> what really struck <laughs> me this time watching it is, A, a she is a terrible person. Yeah. B, he should not be marrying Cameron Diaz either. No, that's another thing I wanted to bring up, but you popped that cork way before I could. But like, absolutely, no one should end up together in this movie. Yes, the, the wedding should end and also she should seek help because she 
is, I mean, A, she is the most selfish person I think we've ever seen in a movie on this show. Julia yes. or Cameron Diaz? Julia. Agree. Yeah. Cameron Diaz is not selfish in this movie. No, but Cameron Diaz is not being truthful. She's not being honest about her needs and her wants for her life. She's setting herself up to fail in this relationship. Well, that's what you get for trying to marry a 20-year-old. Well, and that's <laughs> that's the other part is that he he is not seeing her as a person and it seems like he does not understand how to see women as people because he literally expects her to just stay home and that's going to be fine and the idea that anything beside that would happen and that that infringes upon his life is super offensive to him while not even considering that she is literally giving up everything to marry him they should not be getting married julia roberts should not be doing all the things she everyone in this movie except for Cameron Diaz is kind of a villain Cameron Diaz is just young and hasn't learned to speak up she's just naive like I feel bad for Cameron Diaz throughout the whole movie although I do think she makes mistakes but I think in Cameron Diaz's defense they are mistakes Julia Roberts is just malicious and terrible Michael is just also an asshole oh you mean like um go okay like in front of your uh fiance's dad like go flirt with this like extremely attractive woman (laughs) that you've been friends with and hid from them until the weekend of the wedding. And then during your bachelor party-esque baseball game day, you're going to go spend eight hours with her by yourself. That's not suspicious at all to anyone else in the room who knows that you guys used to sleep together. Mikey, they're just friends now. It's fine. (laughs) No, I mean, Mikey, I agree with you. These are all red flags that are terrible. Yeah. Or the fact that after Julia Roberts is a complete psychopath and tries to get him fired and destroy his relationship and his whole life, that he thanks her for loving him that way. Yep. Yeah. I strongly believe both Julia Roberts and Dermot Mulroney, I fully believe that the two of them, more so her than him, are the villains of this story. And Rupert Everett and her two cousins are the heroes. Yeah. Yes. So the reason I love this movie, and honestly, guys, I still sort of love this movie, is because of Rupert Everett. I love his character. Every time that yes. man speaks, it is honest. Yes. It is like from a loving place. The one yep. thing I think he does that's not great is sort of play along with well, her ruse. Well, okay, let's talk about this. He tries to torpedo her ruse. Yes, like he, he fucks her shit up. And I appreciate that because yeah. it's almost like you wanted to bring me into this. I didn't agree to that. So you're going to get whatever I give you. And what I give you is going to make things worse than they were to begin with. Yes. Good for him. Yeah. On the flip side of that, having a friend that invites you out for a weekend or like you go and visit your friend because you're really worried because all of a sudden they're like, you're like, you're going to get arrested or destroy someone's life and you go out there and she's just like batshit bonkers level 10 like i'm gonna do this and you're just there to watch i mean like he did everything he could right oh he he is a great character in this movie because he gives her real advice honest advice and he tries to mitigate the terror that happens in this film but he kind of has a that's like a this is one of my good friends she's looking she's like a psychopath and i'm here for it i'm just gonna watch her (laughs) destroy this whole wedding and I'm going to drink champagne and I did my best to stop it. But if I can't stop it, I'm at least going to enjoy this for the entertainment. That <laughs> it, it but I think everyone needs a friend like Rupert because he two times in a weekend flew out there. That's like a two and a half hour flight from New York to, to Chicago. Right. It's not super long, but that's, you know, four flights in a weekend just to like support your friend. That's amazing. Everyone needs a friend like that. I think he was trying to stop her. I think he was too. 
but that is also support. Like if you are yeah, man, that's actively true. destroying your and your quote unquote best friend's life, you need another friend to be like, don't do this. Yeah. Like Todd, if you're like, I'm going to do this, I'd be like, you can't do this. <laughs> like this is not great. But I do feel like Mikey, if I was going to destroy someone's wedding and I said in front of you and everyone at the, at this wedding that you were my lover and that we were going to adopt a child. Like you would just yes. And that until I took you back to the airport. I would just be like, okay, if you're going to destroy this wedding and we're going to get married and have kids in this hypothetical improv, <laughs> I'm going to be here. I'm going to eat these mini quiche. I'm going to yeah. drink this open bar. Yeah. And I'm going to record it now. I mean, I was like, this is comedy gold. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my favorite and the part where I damn near st stood up and applauded, and I did not remember this from the first time I'd seen this movie, uh, is when she has she has committed Grand Theft Auto by stealing that bread truck. Yes! With no repercussions. And she's on the phone with him, and she's telling him, like, I'm chasing him. This is what happened. Yes. And he just says, but who's chasing you yeah and i'm like yes advice of the century like from the top rope he perfectly distills why what she is doing is wrong yeah why she is not in the right why it's not going to turn out the way she wants which he has already told her before my favorite is when she's like what do you think is going to happen and he's like he's going to get married and you're going to come home that and like he is so honest with her in such a loving way. I love it. Yeah, same. That's the scene right before he gets back on the airplane to go back the first time. And she's like, what is he going to say if I tell him the truth? Because the whole time he's there, he's like, tell him the truth. Yeah. And he says, he's going to marry Kim. You're going to kiss him goodbye. And you're going to come home. And that is yeah. literally the movie. Like, that's the rest of the movie. That's what we watch. Yeah. I mean, of course, because she's a psychopath. She has to try and end that wedding three more times in 23 hours. But yeah, at that point in the movie, I looked at my, the timestamp and looked at my notes and I said, how is there 40 more minutes left? Yes. The movie? Yeah. Because there's less than 24 hours left in movie time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. there's half the movie left. Yeah. I also like that. He calls out Julia Roberts for being super selfish of like, OK, this guy pined after you for years and you lost him. That's another and thing. People don't just wait for you to be in love. Right. And he was like, do you think you're doing this because you love him or do you think you're doing this to win? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And he says that super early on. Like he, yeah. he calls like, oh. her on. On her shit immediately but you know sociopaths don't technically see that kind of stuff <laughs> when it's yeah. them and i definitely think she was doing it to win not because she loved them oh i yeah, don't think absolutely. she's capable of that emotion i don't know i feel like she loves rupert everett's character like they love each other right it's not like a romantic love but they like they're like friends like mikey you're my yeah. rupert everett right you would be this mm -hmm. person for me uh -huh. if i was yeah. fucking up my life you would sit me down and be like todd stop it can you imagine <laughs> dating someone and they they're Julia Robert, but like two years later and you're like, they're like, I had this moment where like my best friend got married and this is what I did that weekend. And like, can you imagine listening to that story and being like, I don't, I don't know about this. I would fucking run. So Mikey, it's like your second date and you're like, Hey, tell me a funny story from your past. And she's like, Oh man, let me tell you the story about this time that I tried to break up my best friend's wedding. And there's, yes. no, there's no way you make it through the rest of that story without leaving. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm really torn because I feel like the movie wants us to empathize with her through the bulk of the movie and have the ending be difficult where it's like it's hard to watch, quote unquote, the love of your life that you don't really have any chemistry with that you just wanted to win walk away. Yeah. 
but then at the same time it gives us Rupert Everett who's kind of the reality check and so there's a part of me that does appreciate that I appreciate that they don't end up together but then at the same time there's this underlying current of a ton of other problematic things yeah. that this movie doesn't address like he and Cameron Diaz will be divorced in a year like a hundred percent I 100 percent believe that Julia Roberts will be Michael's like second wife she will not be his last but she will be <laughs> The second wife when he's about 20 or when he's about 32 ish is when they'll get married I think but yeah like I firmly believe they'll be together for about three years in their 30s and then they'll get divorced and then Michael will find someone else see here's what I think I think they'll be together a little bit longer than that but then they'll be that divorced couple that is divorced but amicable yeah forever yeah which will impact their ability to have relationships with other people yeah because they don't have healthy boundaries, boundaries with that friendship yeah. yeah I don't know why you think that they can't have healthy boundaries having watched this movie Paige <laughs> <laughs> I, I will I, I agree with you Paige that there's a lot of stuff they can't they talk they don't talk about because they can't talk about it because i didn't even notice half of those issues when i'm watching the movie just because of how big a fucking sociopath julia roberts is like i don't even notice the problems in cameron diaz because i'm just like i can't even pay attention to those conversations with cameron diaz because of what just julia roberts said or did because i'm like that is insane it is did you pay attention long enough to realize that one of the cousins was carrie preston who played arlene on true blood i didn't know that that's amazing it took me like half the movie where i was like she looks so familiar i can't figure it out and then it's when she's telling the story about her sister getting her mouth stuck on ice genitalia that she's just like she's like yeah who knew and i was like oh my god arlene i just like <laughs> i do love the nashville cousins like they're one of my favorite parts of the movie they're great. Yeah. They are great. We have a lot to like break down in this movie, so we probably should just jump into it. Yes. Yeah. So let's start with the titles because... I hated them. I hated them so much, Paige. I'm so sorry to say that. I second that I hated them. And then yeah. I watched this with Alexa and I was like, this is dumb. And she's like, you hate it already? And I was like, these, these titles are dumb. Yeah. I also did not like them. <laughs> However, I was watching them and... And I kept noticing this one, one of the bridesmaids in the background. And I was like, I've seen her in so much stuff. Like, what else has she been in? So then I went on this like wild goose chase to find out who was in the credit sequence, not the movie, <laughs> just the credit sequence. Paige, I love you. I don't know if you know, but there's like a whole separate IMDb just for credit sequences. No, I did not know that. It's insane. Uh, but I found it. And this credit sequence is even more bonkers than you realize. So the one that I kept recognizing is a woman named Brie Turner who's been in fucking everything. She was in every rom-com in the 90s as a best friend. Like a million. If you look at her IMDb, it is just a who's who of problematic rom-coms we haven't done yet. <laughs> that Those are 90s rom-coms right there. Yep. But then also this opening the the title sequence was directed by pj hogan who directed muriel's wedding and confessions of a shopaholic it was choreographed by tony basil if what? you don't know who tony basil is really? yes yes she's a very famous choreographer but she is also famous for being a one-hit wonder with her song mickey very famous mickey you're so fine yeah yes yeah yeah, yeah. i didn't even know she did choreography mickey's all i knew her from she's a very famous choreographer especially wow, at the okay. time so like that i was like 
wow, they called in the big guns. But also that song, Wishing and Hoping, is a Burt Bacharach song. There's a yeah. number of Burt Bacharach songs in this movie because they wanted to pick a bunch of songs that at one point were sung by Dionne Warwick. Almost every single song in this movie was at one point either originally sung by Dionne Warwick or covered by Dionne Warwick. It's a long story. Anyway, for this cover, it's sung by Annie DeFranco. I love Annie DeFranco. Everybody does, but they refused to have her lip sync it for the credits. So they just hired somebody else to do it. That does not surprise me too much. I doubt yeah. Andy DeFranco's look and vibe is what they were going for, but I prefer it. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> anyway, so that's the credits. Yeah. We haven't even gotten to the movie. That's just what happened in this bonkers ass credits with <laughs> a woman in a wedding dress and three women dancing behind her who are not in the rest of the movie. That wedding dress, by the way, is Rachel's wedding dress from Friends. They got it out of <laughs> costume storage. Oh, wait, it's the actual one? Yes, what? it is the actual <laughs> one. God damn, this fucking title sequence. Anyway, so a bunch of crazy shit happens before this movie even happens. And at that point, I was like, what the fuck are we about to watch? Here's the other thing, too. The aesthetic of that sequence is very, but I'm a cheerleader. Yes, it is. Yeah. And then the rest of the movie isn't stylized at all. No. And I'm just like, why did we do this? <laughs> like, why is this here? Oh, anyway, so we cut to a very busy restaurant during the dinner rush. And we're watching them make the food for a VIP table. We cut over to that table and we see that it's Julia Roberts and Rupert Everett at dinner. And then we cut back into the kitchen where we hear the chef say, I need this special meat right now. Yeah, he does. But then also, <laughs> I will kill your whole family if you don't get this right. You know what? Okay, so in all fairness, I worked in a restaurant while I was in college. That shit happens all the Absolutely, time. Absolutely, every day. That is the day. most normal thing that happens in this entire movie. I talk like that at work. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't get off that goddamn bridge, I'm going to murder your whole family. No, I was talking to the counselors that I screamed Oh, about. my bad. That probably is more appropriate, question mark. If anything, I would say his delivery is too calm for what I have experienced in kitchens, Yeah, where he's just calmly saying it. He doesn't have like a head vein popping or anything. I want, this is not a joke, and I'm not going to say who it was, even though I'm friends with him on Facebook. I once heard my manager at Ruby Tuesday say to a cook, if you don't get me that, I'm going to make sure you get syphilis. It goes undiagnosed and then you lose your nose. <laughs> Jeez, that's complicated. Like, Holy shit. That's like some Napoleon level shit. I love that. I mean, that's that's Napoleon level shit in a situation where the other person has a knife. Like, come on. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, he was back at the house manager. So he had a few knives on him. There you go. Yeah. All right. They were friends. <laughs> Yeah, no, of course. Just a weird place, man. One of my favorite things about people yelling in the back of restaurants that I've only seen in that and occasionally retail is when someone, because they are all friends, tighter bonds have never been made. And they're just like, <laughs> I'm going to fucking rip your dick off if you don't get me that Chateaubriand in two seconds. Thank you. And it's this like scream, <laughs> scream, 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 scream. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> That is so true. That is as true as <laughs> managers are banging all of the wait staff. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, that's true of pretty much. I, I never worked in restaurants. I worked next to a test kitchen. And it wasn't really true of the test kitchen I worked at, but all my friends who worked at restaurants, that was the case. In retail, everyone's either a lot of people sleep together in retail or do cocaine to stay up to do multiple shifts. Yep. 
but my favorite retailism as far as the things we shout at people is retail employees will talk 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 to each other and then the second a customer comes in they have to greet that customer so it'll just be like i don't know he was fucking her and i didn't know what was going on hi how can i help you <laughs> anyway so she was she was passed out in the back <laughs> there was a manager where i worked who uh, i worked there for two years and he slept with like probably seven or eight different waitresses <laughs> oh, and then got one pregnant and married her oh it's I what i call happy. the mikey approach to dating yeah that's how you know which one's for you <laughs> let me check on facebook and see if they're still married oh yeah i'm curious okay so they bring out the food to Julia Roberts and then she takes one bite. And she's like, I'm going to write this up as brave and whatever. Yeah. Inventive and confident. Who writes up a whole review based on one bite? Like, I don't think she's a good food critic. No, most food critics do. It's they because they'll serve them a tasting menu usually. And so they'll take one, maybe two bites of everything. But whenever they take a bite of something, they're trying to get everything on the plate in one bite. Oh. Yeah, it's not not like the whole plate, but like a little bit of everything. You'll see them do it on Chopped a lot, too, where because they have to taste multiple things, they're only taking like one or two bites. So update. Yo, they are no longer married. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't funny. say their name, did I? No, you did not. OK, good. No. But what you are saying is that they've 86 their union. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 86 on union. Really? That quick? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man. Anyway, so she's going to write it up as inventive and confident and then she and Rupert Everett have a conversation about she's trying to get a job with Newsday, she's checking the machine, he doesn't send her men to go out with anymore because she seems to be I would say she seems to be happy not dating. She seems to be career focused and happy with that. And that's great. There's nothing wrong with that. Well, and also this movie establishes the idea that she is not comfortable with affection in yeah. general. That is true. Yeah. It doesn't explore it. But there were parts of this that made me wonder. I was like, is she asexual and fighting against what's going on with her and just doesn't have a word for it yet? I don't know. Oh, I thought it was more like a trauma. Thing. Yeah, I thought trauma, too. That could be that too. It just never talks about it. the movie doesn't explore any of why she might be feeling this way. Uh, yeah, it does Paige. Do you not remember when she tells her best friend, Michael, hey, remember when I was uncomfortable with the word love? I'm comfortable now. And that's the most depth we get about that, that, that talk. By the way, she's not. She lies. When she lies to Michael about changing or whatever, she doesn't. But yeah. Let me tell you, I'm an expert in women who lie to Michael. <laughs> or, or Michaels. Yeah. 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 I'm sorry. Sorry. Excuse me. I know that she had a lot of problems because I was like super attracted to Julia Roberts. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Well, she's like complete psychopath. I'm like, okay, cool, 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 cool. In the cool, right cool, light, cool. Yeah, her like, hair looks red, and I was into it. I she looks real good this movie. Yeah. She she's beautiful in this movie. She's gorgeous. She still is. Like she's a gorgeous woman. She just has real problematic. Because here's the thing: the reason that she says she's comfortable with love is because she's identified that that's something he needs. Yeah, like a sociopath. Yes. Yeah. At a certain point in this movie, I'm like, she should go home from this wedding. And immediately go to therapy because Not holy a shit, a, like lot, a lot, of, a lot of therapy, a lot of because she does not interact with people in a human way. And <laughs> oof. Mikey, would you be Julia Roberts therapist? No. Oh, because then you couldn't have sex with her. Exactly. But that's how I knew she was like off base because I was like, OK. So yeah. she calls home to check her answering machine, which is a very old 
task and i was like she does it from a cell phone so to me it was really like funny because it's like this new technology calling like an archaic technology it was very funny to me well and also my one of my favorite parts is everyone's cell phone looks the same in this movie and it's because at the time everyone had that phone yeah and it was that that leather case and i was like oh my god my dad had one of these i totally remember it that's because that was one of three phones you could get right that's it Yeah. yeah so she calls her her answering machine and she has a message from Michael telling her that he's staying at the Drake Hotel in Chicago. And all I could think about was like, <gasps> Mission Impossible. He's the one who did it. Like <laughs> tracking down using the clues in your internet Bible. So she then tells Rupert Everett who it is, that it's her friend Michael, that they went out, they like dated sophomore year at Brown because they were both journalism majors and they only dated for like a month is what she says. And then she broke up with him and then as they're breaking up, she's like, he cried and said, the worst part of this is I'm losing, losing my best friend. And she said, me too. Yeah. And they've been best friends ever since. And they've quote unquote been with each other through everything, jobs, parents, love, like all of it and travel, which now as an adult uh, thinking about this movie, what was lost on me as a child is that I am about 150% sure <laughs> That they have continued to sleep together this entire time. It certainly sounds like they have because she talks about like trips they took together post breakup that one month that they were together. And they're not saying it, but they're saying it. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, that wild night in Tucson. Like, what the fuck else would that mean? Right? Yeah. Like, what is there to do in Tucson but fuck? You butt fuck in Tucson? (laughs) Oh, actually, there's a really cool mall in Tucson. Anyway, it sounds like she's using him for emotional labor. Yeah. And it sounds like he's sort of using her for sex. I think he. He's also using her for emotional labor. Yeah, that's fair. Everyone has poor boundaries. Like he obviously loved her for a long time and like put himself in her life. And he should have had not let that happen and not let her use him for emotional fulfillment while he pined over her. And then as soon as he finds somebody else, that's when she flips it and is like, I love him. Oh, yeah. I mean, that is a tactic that works on some people, Mikey. Well, and here's the thing. If he had immediately broken up with Cameron Diaz, I do not think they would have gotten together. Oh, if when he called in the very beginning, he was just like, hey, I'm in town for a few days. Let's grab dinner or whatever. I fully think she would have called him, gone to dinner, and that would have been it. Like, it would have been a very normal weekend. They may yeah. have had sex just because that's their normal cycle. But that 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 would be it, right? It's because he is about to not be available that she loses her goddamn mind. But no, even even more than that, I think if like for argument's sake, let's say she calls. He says he's getting married. She's like, don't do it. I love you on the phone. Yeah. And they'd hang up. They'd probably have sex, but they'd probably not be together because all she wanted is him. All she wants is him to be available. Yeah. He he loves her. He is obsessed with her. He chooses someone else in this movie, I think, because he maybe has identified that she is unwell and that (laughs) perhaps their relationship is problematic. Uh, But had that not happened, had she not done crazy things, I think if she had said it, he was down, but she was never going to be in a relationship with him. She just wants him to be available. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's poor boundaries all around. I think she's using him. I think he is allowing it to happen because he holds out hope for her. And I think meeting Cameron Diaz and making a change was probably the healthy thing that he was trying to do with his life. However, it is established in their conversation 
a little bit later in like one or two scenes from now that they hadn't talked in about a month and he'd yeah. been trying to call her for a month, which means that either one of two things has happened. One, the last time they talked, he had not met Cameron Diaz yet, which means that they're getting married in four days after knowing each other for a month. Or he didn't tell her about oh. Cameron Diaz, which seems odd. Yeah. Well, because she does reference when they've dated other people that they've communicated about that, right? Yeah. Yes. That's a good point, yeah. Paige. Then he must have been keeping it a secret or they literally just met under a month ago. I think it might be the latter. Yeah, me too. And that's terrifying. I'm ready to settle down, baby. No. <laughs> Find me a 20-year-old who's ready to get married in a month. <laughs> Mikey, you run from that person. Run from <laughs> yeah. that person? They should absolutely not be getting married. But, Todd, what if her dad's a billionaire? Listen, there are some accommodations that can be made for <laughs> superior wealth and, you know, stuff like that. And he owns the White Sox. <laughs> and, no, he owns the White Sox and a cable news network. Yeah. Todd, what about then? I mean, honestly, if it's not the Cubs, I don't care. <laughs> Second White Sox The Cubs are one of the two teams I can name <laughs> I'm gonna say If there's a prenup Don't do it Oh absolutely 100%. not But what if I was getting my own cable show the Cable news show Oh Mikey could you That'd be great for us <laughs> <laughs> I think I would be great As like a Just a fear mongering Cable news host Yeah Mikey You'd be terrifying Mikey 180. <laughs> I only get to half of the truth. <laughs> I like that you just start stories but never finish them. Yeah. Guys, you'll never believe what happened in Tennessee today. There was like a school shooting or something. So next we're going to move on to. <laughs> but who's got time for that? Today on my, Mikey's 180, we're just going to read the headlines of a newspaper, but not the story. What I'm going to do is scroll through Reddit's news post and only read the title of the article and then comment on it and then move to the next one. Local man marries tortoise. Weird. <laughs> Pretty much what we're pitching is what Mikey does on the toilet, but with a camera. I mean, I think there's a market for that, too. <laughs> Then we can finally hear some of those only farts. I can't believe only one person reached out about my DMs. I mean, it's a gross thing that you probably should not reach out to someone for. But yeah, I get that. No, I have that person has all the balls in the world. I love it. Anyway, we should get back into it. So she tells Rupert Everett about this promise they had where they had like a blood ritual where it's like they prick both their fingers and rub them together that if they were 28 and not married, they would marry each other. And she's about to be 28 and he is now desperate to talk. So she thinks that that's what it's going to be. Right. And to be honest, she's going into this phone call thinking that she's going to have to, quote, let him down easy. Right. Because he's still on the market as far as she's concerned. Right. So she doesn't want him. Uh. And believe me, I wish this wasn't true, but there are people. It's not just women, but there are people out there that will back burner people like they're like, oh, they're an option, but I don't want to exercise that option right now. So I'm going to like quote unquote right. friend zone them, even though that's like a term I hate. But yeah, they like push them we've to the all, side. Right. We've all backburnered somebody. I've never backburnered. I've been backburnered. Same page. But if you backburner yeah. somebody and then immediately move them to the top burner when they find someone else, that's a huge dick move. Yeah, you're a dick. I like to simmer, not backburn, like simmer people. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's 
that's also not great. Uh, but you know, whatever. Mikey, she's like, hey, is it cool if I just like leave my toothbrush here? I've been staying over a lot. Mikey's like, ooh, you probably should simmer a bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, like a normal thing. It feels weird. It shouldn't because I, normal. We went for a walk today. You and Alexa? Yeah. That's great. Was it weird? Like, no, it's great. I'm having a great time being in a normal thing. Oh, so you just brought it up? Yeah. Oh. Okay. I just meant like, I'm doing stuff like going on walks randomly. Anyway, what we're doing. Oh, yeah. So she realizes he's not going to be single anymore. And she like immediately flips the switch and goes completely bonkers. Well, yeah. So she calls and gets through and they talk and she's like, hey, I bet you're calling because of this. And he's like, no, I met someone. We're getting married. And she immediately loses her shit. Immediately. She falls off her bed. Yeah. (laughs) And he basically is asking her to come to the wedding with like, here's why I think they've only known each other a month because they didn't send invitations and she would have gotten an invitation. He's calling her literally a day before festivities start. Yeah. And I mean, like three or four days before the actual wedding. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So... She then the next day is talking to Rupert Everett and basically is telling him, like, I've got four days to break up a wedding. And she's claiming that Cameron Diaz has only known him for five seconds and I can't lose him. I'm going to bring him back. But at this point, I just have in my notes, I'm like, people don't wait around for you forever. People live their lives. Other people don't live their lives to serve your narrative. You're not the main character in other people's stories. You know? Yeah. No, absolutely. And that's sort of what Rupert Everett says. He's like, do you want him or or do you just want to win? To win. Yeah. Right. So she arrives at the airport, finds him in the crowd. They almost kiss at like as they kind of hug. She kind of goes in for one. Yeah. They bump into each other, which Paige, I think this sort of lends to your theory of when they get together, they go out for like weekend trips together and they are like romantically linked for that weekend then come apart because it felt very natural that they would do that but they didn't because Cameron Diaz was there. Yeah, they they have a physical chemistry that implies that they have been intimate. Intimate for a long time. Yeah. I had a friend like this, but it was like more emotional. Like we leaned on each other to like for emotional stuff, but there was always like a weird like when we were together, people were like, "Are y'all dating?" cuz it was like that comfortable and then like she got engaged and then like I know the story. Out of the blue. Yeah. yeah. But Mikey, like when you went and broke up that wedding, I was there supporting you <laughs> as your, you know. When I hacked into her dad's computer to send an email <laughs> to her work. Lord. No, she, she came to work and she's like, I was like, are you engaged? And she's like, I didn't want to tell you. I was drunk. And I was like, that's not how you should be talking about whoa, your engagement. Whoa, whoa, yes, what? That is, wow. Oh, wow. Okay. She's a great person. She's married to someone else now. But like during then, I was like, we just like, I was like, I'm fulfilling your emotional needs. We cannot talk. I was like, we have this will they, won't they thing, and it's not working. And, like, we're obviously not there where we – well, actually, after we set boundaries, she broke up with that fiancé later on, and then we actually did go on, like, two dates. But he did not go river rafting with her and her family, and I got invited as, like, backup fiancé. And, like – Mikey. Yes. yes. Mikey. She is your Julia Roberts. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that is Kooks the Nukes, man. Uh, Yeah, so like he didn't go river rafting and I ended up going with her family and like- This is while they were still engaged? Yeah, and like we had a great time and like we had like a- Of course you did, Mikey. You're charming as fuck. Right, her sister's like, you and Michael have like a weird connection- 
like like basically asked if we'd like hooked up before hang on mikey i have a question had you we actually had never hooked we've never hooked up okay so but like then i started fulfilling her emotional needs because this guy she just wasn't into or whatever this guy being her fiance yeah okay we both decided healthily we couldn't talk or hang out anymore right and then she broke up with that fiance yeah you guys and then we went on two dates yeah, and then it did, and then we were like, "This is just not working out." Good. I mean, honestly, that's fine. Like, but we knew each other for years, and it got weird. Yeah, go on two dates, see if it works. If it doesn't, that's great. Move on. And it's not like she did because she's married to somebody else now. Yeah, she's married to a, a dude now. They just bought a house. Wonderful for them. Yeah, that story is rambling. You can just edit the fuck out of that or edit it out. Sorry. No, I'll leave it in. I think it's good. There's some funny yeah. stuff in there. We'll pull it out. But I never pull it out. That's a bad idea. You'll get syphilis, and your nose will fall off. <laughs> If I lose my nose, I'm going to get a fake toucan nose. Oh, Mikey, I can get you one of those right now from Party City, and it will be awesome. And then you can just run around being like, ladies, follow your nose. (laughs) (laughs) Pheromones will get you. You know what's just Uh, as big as this nose? The popularity of Fruit Loops. I I love Fruit Loops, and you're ruining it for me right now. Every time you think of Fruit Loops, think of Mikey's dick. No. Because it can fit in the hole of the Fruit Loops. (laughs) So mean. I love you, Mikey. I'm just joking. And just because of that, I will now ruin Fruit Loops for Paige. No. Just imagine me on a kitchen table, squatted down. Stirring the bowl of milk with my dick wearing a toucan nose. <laughs> God, I am so hungry for Fruit Loops right now. Is that weird? You monster. <laughs> they call it the Fruit Loop tea bag. Mm. They call it genital mills. <laughs> it's made by the company genital, genital mills. mills. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually how they turn Fruit Loops into Apple Jacks. <laughs> Oh, Kellogg would hate this. (laughs) Yeah, because Kellogg originated as a company that, like, made foods that would make you not want to masturbate. Like, that is 100% why that company started Google. There's a food that exists like that. It's called a 32-ounce steak. (laughs) Mikey, I was just about to ask, what's your food that makes you not want to masturbate? Honestly, I'm so glad he answered it. Paige, what is yours? Uh, Chicago deep dish pizza, which I love, but like I could eat enough of it that I won't move for yeah. days. And yeah. so like it's it's that like I'm so full I can't even raise a hand to my pelvic area. I, first off, can't believe we're finally having this conversation. Secondly, <laughs> for me, it's really just any pasta that tastes good because I'll eat too much of it. And then Natalie will look at me and I'm like, uh-uh, I can't. <laughs> not unless you want me to throw up. And that's even if, like, I'm not doing most of the work. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you give me, like, scalloped potatoes, a big-ass steak. Yes. Yeah. Like a fucking old-fashioned and a Diet Coke and then, like, some sort of, like, fancy frou-frou creme brulee dessert oh he's got a whole menu (laughs) (laughs) she would turn to me like do you want to have sex and i'd be like do i want to let down my body from the perfection that i already had at dinner (laughs) let's face it baby there's no way we're topping dinner Yeah, this is why Mikey has his theory of have sex before dinner yes Yes, absolutely it absolutely works yeah an acetizer (laughs) Mikey god Damn it, you're a genius. <laughs> I honestly, Mikey, I think the three of us should write like a dating tip book 
And 100% acetizer is going to be like rule six. Yes. Right behind don't trust the Fae. Fuck anything that floats. <laughs> Whatever Paige's rules were in the Blair Witch Project episode, that shit was so Avo- funny. Avoid tiny windows. Yeah. Don't trust the Fae. <laughs> Fuck anything that floats. If you're unavailable all of a sudden and she takes interest, avoid. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of that, maybe we should get back into this bonkers ass movie. I so know. she decided to trust the Fae. Problem number one. <laughs> Because remember, she was Tinkerbell. He should have never trusted the Fae. Oh, I love her. But he gave her the clap. (laughs) That's how Robin Williams brought her back to life, Paige. I know. He gave her the clap. How dare you, Sully, one of the best movies ever made on this earth. You're doing it, Peter. You're giving her the clap. No! (laughs) Everyone knows it's called Bangarang. Stop it. We can all agree that she looked way too sexy in that movie, right? Like, that made little boy Mikey, like, real, like, oh, I'm growing up. That was the beginning of my redhead affection. Oh, Oh my God. (laughs) She is a member of the Fae. She's going to steal him, break up the wedding, and replace him with a changeling. (laughs) (laughs) Don't trust the Fae. Her plan is clear now. Don't trust the Fae. So the movie, they they almost kiss at the airport, but they don't. And Cameron Diaz comes up and instantly is like actively trying to be her friend. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that is the smart play in this awkward situation that your fiance has put you in. Yeah. I don't know. I think I'd have to be honest with my feelings. Like if they're like, here's my best friend and he was like some gorgeous like rock solid straight dude i'd be like i don't know that she's had sex with mikey i mean yes in, yeah. in that situation i mean michael and julia roberts are clearly sexually active together right uh, i mean here's the thing i i am on good terms with an ex but he didn't get invited to the wedding like and he i'm sure understood why and was okay with it oh it would have never even been a question yeah. <laughs> like it was fine um i i do think it's possible to have f- friends of the opposite sex i yeah. have many i'm not worried about that i think after you fuck them it's hard yeah i think while you're fucking them it's hard normally <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> i think being friendly is a good first play because i feel like it's possible that you could be friends with that person and it wouldn't be bad yes but i think that the second she starts to reveal that this is not going to work out that way because there are a number of things that she does to make camera diaz feel shitty the first couple days she's there that's the point where and i think in part it's because camera diaz's character is like 20 is her first serious relationship she doesn't really under understand that's where you advocate for yourself and put your foot down and are like either this behavior stops or i leave yeah Mm-hmm. So anyway, this is where we find out that A, Cameron Diaz drives like a maniac and B, that Julia Roberts is now going to be her maid of honor because she didn't really have any other bridesmaids except for two, quote, vengeful sluts from Nashville who are cousins. Uh, and it implies that they're twins. Oh, does it? I thought that they were like yes. two years apart or like really close in age. I mean, it says twins. I think honestly, they probably twins are. Nashville, uh, look me up. Twins. <laughs> they they look close enough, but I, I think you're right. I think they're a year or two apart. She just is using shorthand. I will say that they introduced themselves to her at the cotillion or whatever they go to the event they go to right after this. The engagement party. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The engagement party. <laughs> cotillion. <laughs> they introduced themselves as the vengeful sluts from nashville so like i feel like they're in on that joke so i don't feel that bad about cameron diaz calling them that 
I think they know exactly who they are. Yes. And they are just here to sow destruction. And I love <laughs> it. They are here for the chaos. They're like, that's right. We're the people you shouldn't have invited, but you don't have any other cousins. So we're here to get too drunk, suck off ice sculptures and swear at people. <laughs> we are the best people at this wedding. No joke. Those two people and Rupert Everett are the best people in this movie. They're my oh, favorite. Oh, absolutely. Without this, I know we touched about this in the beginning without the good side characters this movie completely falls apart absolutely if there's no yeah. rupert ever in this movie this movie's unwatchable yeah absolutely so we cut to she's immediately being fitted for her bridesmaid dress and it is i i like it as a dress i mean for the time period you know whatever i forgot that they legit go straight from the airport drive like a bat of the hell mm-hmm. and then cameron diaz in the car asks her to be her maid of honor yeah and then go right to the dress fitting i didn't realize it was that quick damn it was that fast and while it is still a bridesmaid's dress which you know is still not great necessarily right she does talk about how she picked it with her in mind and gives her the option of like would you like something different yeah which by the way i have some money figures later on how oh. much this madness would cost right i was like man if this guy wasn't a billionaire he'd be so mad oh man but billions is a lot of money well, it, I mean, it depends on how long he has owned the things that he's owned, but I have some salary figures of what he's probably making. Cameron Diaz is dad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Awesome. So she also asks, like, shouldn't all the bridesmaids be in the same dress? And Cameron Diaz is like, no, we pick something special for you, which also almost every single wedding I have been in, the maid of honor is slightly in a different dress. Really? I didn't realize that was a thing. Yeah, I saw that. She has a different, like a lower cut dress. It's usually the same color. If somebody went with all the same color, it's usually just a slightly different style or just like one step up quality wise in a different color. Um, Right now, the thing is to let people like give people a color and let them all pick their own dresses or let people pick a range of colors. I didn't have a bridal party, so I didn't have to worry about this. But in most of the weddings I've been in, especially ones in the 90s, the maid of honor was in a different dress. Interesting. Okay. And it could be as simple as like hers has sleeves or, or she has a different bouquet. She almost always has a different bouquet. Okay. And there's usually, and they don't really cover it in this movie necessarily. Usually your maid of honor is the one who's like planning your shower. Yeah. She's also responsible for moving and handling your train if you have a train on your dress. So like there's a whole bunch of like, there's a reason why it's usually your sister or a cousin or a friend because they're going to see your butt like 14 different (laughs) times that day. Tell me more. Yeah, tell me everything. Let's let's get into it. It's because mm-hmm. you can't go to the bathroom. They have to lift the dress around you. So your maid of honor is usually the one holding your dress up while you pee. This is why I had a comfortable short dress. Yeah. I was able to pee on my own. Anyway. It's something she's been bragging about a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're a big girl now. I'm a big girl. I peed on my own. So <laughs> she is clearly uncomfortable. She goes to step down to get out of the dress to go change and rips the dress as she steps down, which yeah. means that that dress was constructed badly because you should be able to walk in it. Yeah, absolutely. Bad seamstressing. Yeah, what are they going to wheel you around on a dolly the whole wedding? You're going to have to walk in those dresses, ladies. Don't laugh. People have done weirder shit. Anyway, so she is changing and he walks in on her without her being dressed, like doesn't knock anything. And this is the first time I feel like Michael is being inappropriate, which I mean, we're like five... 10 minutes into the movie but oh yeah, yeah not, we're not far at all he's like oh i've seen you more naked than this yeah well and andy says you look really good without your clothes on 
at this point, this is what fulfilled my theory of they have a current sexual relationship. Yeah. Or current as of a month ago. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Or the last time they were physically together. Right. Yeah. Um, and she calls George and just says, she's toast and like hangs up the phone and you're just like, <laughs> oh, that's not good. But we cut to her and Cameron Diaz going back to the hotel and they're going up to the engagement party. Yeah. Which the fact that they're having an engagement party three days before the wedding should tell you how fast this is happening. Oh, I didn't even think about that, Paige. You're right. Like, they literally just got engaged like a week and a half ago. Yeah. Cameron Diaz is pregnant. There's no reason why she <laughs> they should be getting married this fast. It's bonkers. Maybe that's why he's stuck on her staying home. Maybe. Oh, I mean, it, does, it doesn't reveal any of that. Well, there's no time because you're watching the movie through the lens of a psychopath. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, not, it's just not something that she focuses on because it doesn't matter to her. She doesn't care whose life she ruins. Right. And so she and Cameron Diaz in the elevator are talking about like all of these traits that he has, which is a very strange, like comparing notes with someone who has slept with your significant other, yeah. which I understand that there are people in relationships that are more comfortable with that, where that would be the norm. It would upset me a lot if it was me. Uh, and they also talk about his snoring to the point where I'm like, oh, he fully has sleep apnea. <laughs> He's going <laughs> to die in his sleep soon unless someone addresses that. He's got to see a doctor. He needs to see a doctor. Um, but as they're talking, Cameron Diaz stops the elevator and yeah. she has this very interesting speech of like I understand all of the reasons not to be with him or you know downfalls she's like and then I threw it away because he's a person with faults and and everything and I have faults too and we're just people and I was like way for Cameron Diaz to be one of the only people talking rationally yeah. about how relationships work and she's like 21 or 20 in this movie right and she then confesses to Julia Roberts. She's like, I am jealous of you because he has put you on a pedestal and I will never be you. Yeah. And can't put it on a pedestal. Dude, the fact that she has to say that and is put in this position is rough. That that wedding shouldn't be happening if this is still an issue, if, is what I would think. I mean, it shouldn't be happening for a lot of reasons. Yeah, but she's pregnant, Paige. They're being forced <laughs> into it by her rich-ass parents. Yeah, they're, like, locked into this. Yeah, I mean, it's maybe. It's gotta be that. <laughs> so she turns the elevator on again. They burst out into the party, and the cousins say, oh, look, it's the bride and the woman she'll never live up to. Yeah, immediately out of the gate, they are, like, amazing. I laughed when I heard that, and I loved it. But also, I'm like, so that means he talks about Julia Roberts non-fucking-stop. Or talks about her non-fucking-stop to Cameron Diaz, and she's told them. Yeah. Yeah, whatever it is, it is now public knowledge. And I'm like, yeah. this is not good. Like, this is bad. This is not... Has no one been like, so why aren't you guys getting married like no one has brought it up i don't know anyway it's not great it's not great uh so they take julia roberts to the ballpark where she's hanging out with the groomsmen because she's michael's friend and this is a very uncomfortable sequence the next 15 minutes yes i mean when she's like all over him in front of her parents and his all parents over him and no one thinks it's weird when she says, I've got moves you ain't never seen, I was like, this is not a conversation you have with someone who's about to get married in front of the bride's parents, the groom's yes. parents, and his little brother. What is happening right now, Julia? Well, and and then she finishes it up with, I'm still your best friend. You just haven't seen me for a while. Yeah. Like, it's an invitation. Like, yeah. it's 
Oof. Why don't you come by and see me sometime? Why don't you come upstairs and see me up there now sometime? <laughs> um, so they they take some time alone to talk. Mm. And he says to her that one of the reasons that he's with Cameron Diaz is because when I hug her, I don't have to let go right away. Yeah. Ooh. Which, honestly, that's a thing of, like, you have to be comfortable with intimacy and have an open conversation about that and an understanding of how your partner receives intimacy and how they enjoy it yeah uh and you you know if, if somebody if that disconnect is happening then that's going to be a problem so i feel like that's a good reason for him to have maybe brought this up as an issue with julia roberts but also he's comparing them which is bad yeah i would say before he's engaged before he's dating somebody else he could have had that conversation It's appropriate Like yep. right now Is not appropriate Because 100%. it sort of feels like He's throwing it in her face A little bit Like yeah. this is the reason We didn't work out Is because you're damaged On some level Or whatever it is It just felt uncomfortable And like it's not the right time For that yeah. He could have He could have done as a rebuff I get it But I mean he's like I, can, like I can't hug you in public Does he well, say that later on Or is that this scene No that's this it's scene, this but, scene he, yeah. but here's the thing It implies that If if he could, he wouldn't be with Cameron yes, Diaz. That's what I don't like about it. Oh, uh, yeah. Yes. And I think that's yeah, yeah, why yeah, yeah. she's like, well, I'm uh, magically okay with love all of a sudden. And she's not. No, she's not. She's still never. Oh, I held hands at my walk in the park and it was nice. Aww, oh, that's Mikey, nice. You're like becoming a real person. Yeah. I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. I like it. I like it. So she is literally sewing dissension between the two of them whenever she's alone with one she is talking and setting up manipulative traps for the other yeah and it's all very planned out and very meticulous like serial killer level of manipulation like 4d breakup chess yes. yeah because in the elevator she found out that cameron diaz doesn't like karaoke so she finds a karaoke bar and talks everyone into going, which, by the way, Cameron Diaz's character is 20. She shouldn't even be allowed inside. Well, they're rich and they own half of Chicago, so it's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do we know she's 20? I got the vibe that she yeah. was 21. No, she's, they said it's 20. Oh, wow. Okay. They, they say she's 20. I missed yeah. that. I thought she was tw at least 21 because of the scene. They're but... 27 and she's 20. I think he's actually 28, but he just turned 28, something like that. But whatever. They're all around that same age, but she's younger. Yes. So they sit down at a table and people are pestering Cameron Diaz saying she doesn't want to. But while that's happening, Julia Roberts and Dermot Mulroney have this conversation about some night in Florence. They order drinks for each other. They are, for all intents and purposes, operating as a couple. They're on a and date. They're on a date yeah. and they are shutting Cameron Diaz out. Yeah. And she even says, like, she leans in and she's like, I like Florence. Yeah, <laughs> I've been there. And then it was Julia nice. Roberts, like, starts to pay attention to what, like, is actually happening. And then she's like, well, you should take her there sometime and does sort of try to include her. But I think in a manipulative way yes i was like she's she's not trying to include her she is trying to actively point out the things that she has had with michael that cameron diaz will not yeah that's what she is trying to point out until cameron diaz was like i've got his baby inside me she doesn't say that but what she what we do find out is that she's not she's leaving school she's not finishing yeah. her degree and then julia roberts presses her about it she's like what architects don't need degrees nowadays or something like that yeah yeah meanwhile they force cameron diaz to sing 
poor thing, which if public speaking is terrifying, public singing is even worse. But they force her to sing and she's terrible. And and here's the thing. She knew she was. That's why she didn't want to sing. And also she pulls a Mikey because she is terrible at karaoke, but she owns it and she has fun with it. And the crowd gets on her side and they're like, that is the person (laughs) that people talk about when they go home. Yeah, she turned the crowd. Yeah, the guy who couldn't sing for shit, but like nailed it and put on a great show. Those are the people who like stand out most at karaoke. I'm ready for you to post the video. I don't know if I have it anymore, but if I do, I will. Because it, Mikey, is terrible, but it's also (laughs) awesome at the same time. I can't sing. I can't even make a metaphor about how bad I can sing. Do you want me to do an impression? Yeah. It was, um, you've lost that love and feeling. And Mikey, I swear to God, sang it like this. It's getting hard not to show it, but baby, <laughs> believe me, I know it. You, uh, I can't even do it as bad as it was. But he's like leaning into it so hard, it's magical, Paige. <laughs> I am also dancing. It's hard to dance and sing. <laughs> I've never been so hard. <laughs> I, I have a friend who notoriously cannot sing. And the last time I saw him do karaoke, he does tequila, but he doesn't sing any of it. He just points at the audience and they sing. That is a baller ass <laughs> move if you can't sing a karaoke. And, and he dances the whole time. <laughs> I fucking love that. Fucking brilliant. (laughs) That's amazing. Anyway, so her plan backfires. uh, So she and Cameron Diaz are going to go to a dinner with her grandmother. And she's like, well, I mean, I guess you don't have to go. And she's like, perfect. Then I'm going to stay with your fiance. Bye. Yeah. And that was the point at which I would have been like, no. If you were Cameron Diaz? (laughs) Yeah. Absolutely. I just watched what happened at dinner. One of you is coming with me. Yeah. I don't care which, but you're not staying together. (laughs) Like, nope. So we cut to them sitting on the train steps eating hot dogs later. And she basically is like, yeah, I was shocked when I found out you were getting married. And she's kind of like well she's okay and then she implies this is where she sows the seed of destruction that will bear out through the rest of the movie she talks about how she's leaving school to follow you around and how long do you think it'll be before she'll want you to settle down and work at her dad's company yeah which by the way would be an amazing job like and it's not a bad job you know like yeah because he's more like a sports columnist he's a sports writer that travels around he's traveling she says 52 weeks out of the year which i'm sure is an overstatement but i'm sure it's a lot like those in some positions like they travel like 35 weeks out of the year which is an insane amount of travel if only she would have known in five years his job would be obsolete (laughs) Yeah. yeah absolutely but i mean she she is offering him a job like at the executive level or i I should say Cameron Diaz's dad is right. And it's an immediate like jump to the front of the line. It is like nepotism. You cannot marry a billionaire's daughter without working for that company. That's just the implication. (laughs) (laughs) I know I get it, but like, I feel like Cameron Diaz has good reasons for wanting him to take that job because she doesn't want to have to give up her life. She even brings it up a little bit later. Like she brings it up twice. She doesn't want to drop out. I mean, like she she doesn't like being pregnant. I get it. She doesn't want to drop out. She doesn't want to have to travel all the time. She wants to set up a, a home and have have a like family and she wants him to be in town most of the year so like i get all of that yeah and and i would say you shouldn't have to 
if you are marrying somebody, one person shouldn't be giving up everything for the other person. It should be right. some sort of compromise. I do like to give it up. <laughs> but does she like to give it up as much as you like to give it up, Mikey? That's I'm sure she's out there. <laughs> <laughs> but she is manipulating Kimmy in this way because she then goes out with Kimmy the next day where it looks like they're doing the wedding registry two days before the wedding. Oh, the I'm whole like, thing is bonkers yeah too fucking late bitch the hell if i'm bringing a billionaire's daughter a wedding i'm like fuck off yeah when julia roberts says i didn't get you a wedding gift i'd have been like yeah i wouldn't either what could they possibly need but what she gets them is so fucked up and manipulative <laughs> Paige, stop we'll get there oh, no. table we'll it. get there table no it. table it's it. so it. terrible because yes Paige. yes but let's talk about it later anyway so she manipulates Cameron Diaz into like getting her dad to offer this job. Yeah. No, knowing that he will not want it and it will cause a fight between them. So. Yeah. But also he's dumb not to want it. I'm just going to say that. I agree. Anyway. Well, and here's the thing. I feel like when he turns it down, Cameron Diaz's dad is like, I'm proud of him for sticking to his guns. He wants to do what he wants yeah. to do, which is great. You know, like Cameron Diaz's family though billionaires are super nice and accommodating to oh, two yeah. extremely selfish assholes. Yeah. yeah. So we cut to, they're going out to dinner. It's night two, I think is what it is. And Julia Roberts shows up to the table in a weird bedazzled cardigan sweater. And Dermot Mulroney just says, you're so beautiful. Yeah. In front of like the, the other people that are there. Yeah, everyone sees it. Yeah. It is not hidden. Then Cameron Diaz launches into like pitching this job to him and they get into a fight that would make me break up with someone. At a certain <laughs> point, he is just yelling over her and not allowing her oh, to speak. Yes. Okay. So this is like the first sign to me that they should not be getting married was in this scene. Yeah. I was like, oh. She's having to give up everything for this baby and not yeah. her pregnancy. I mean, <laughs> Michael's character. Yeah. And like, it's terrible. And he treats her like shit in this scene. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think you could tell a lot about a couple about how they argue. Yeah. Well, and he treats her like shit. He literally screams at her across the table in front of a room of people. Yeah. That's not appropriate anywhere. But he does it in public, which makes it a little bit worse for me. It's extra. He screams at her until she cries and apologizes to him for literally suggesting that he could take a job that is still in his same line of work because it's a cable sports network. Yeah. Like, I was furious. At that point, I was like, I hope none of you end up together. I hope you all go to your respective homes and die alone. I can't. <laughs> I hope you get syphilis, it goes untreated, and you lose your nose. <laughs> I was like, first of all, she is giving up everything to marry you after knowing you for a fucking month, apparently, to not recognize that maybe she has goals that she wants to accomplish in her life that you are preventing her from doing so because you have this expectation that she will just follow you. Yeah. And then to scream at her when she tries to advocate for herself, go fuck yourself. <laughs> she should have called that wedding off right then. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nope. So they make up. Again, her manipulation has quote unquote backfired, but they should not be getting married anyway. It's only backfired because Cameron Diaz is so accommodating to Michael, who is the worst. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Julia Roberts calls George and they have the best answering machine message ever where it's 
George and Werner are not in. Brevity is the word of the day. Leave us a message. <laughs> so she leaves this crazy long message while they're at a dinner party and they deliberately don't answer it. They're just like. So funny. I do love that everyone at the dinner party at Rupert Everett's house is like listening and loving it. Oh, everyone yeah. is there for the drama. We are just here for the I drama. I love it so much. <laughs> As you would be if you were Julia Roberts' friend. Absolutely. Because I'm going to tell you, this isn't the first situation she got into where all of her friends were like, oh my God, tell me more. No, she's she. <laughs> She is a selfish, hot mess of a bitch that like she's the one that people talk about where they're like, can you believe she keyed that guy's car and then puked all over that security guard's shoes? And you're just like, yeah, I can. I know her. <laughs> yeah. That's the least surprising thing I've heard about her. Yeah, there's a reason we don't go to brunch anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that was brunch? Sorry. <laughs> hey. <laughs> if you do it right. Uh, so I once had to stop my friend's girlfriend from peeing on a police officer's car downtown Nashville at about 830 at night while the cop was sitting in the car. She was <laughs> that drunk. I mean, hey, who has not been that drunk? But the problem is when that's your regular amount of drunk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that, that cop would have been like, you're in under arrest. <laughs> oh, you're in violation of <laughs> penal code number <laughs> six, nine. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. Nice. Noise. Yeah. Anyway, we cut to the next morning and she has raided the mini bar, which would have cost somewhere in the neighborhood of $400 charged to the room to the wedding party, which I know they they're well, have okay. more money He's than God, so yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter. <laughs> but I do want to break down how much this wedding costs for it to potentially not happen. Oh, anyway, I can't wait. So Rupert, it's Rupert Everett pounding on her door. Yeah. He gets her up, takes her face mask off because she was wearing like a mud mask. Yeah. And he is basically there to like, hey, I'm here to make sure you don't light the world on fire. So and he asks her about Cameron Diaz and she says something really important, which is if I didn't have to hate her, I'd adore her. Yeah. Which is like she's so hell bent on winning. And this is where he asks her does she really love him or is this just about winning yeah. yeah and she says in the beginning it was just about winning but now when i'm with him he's so wonderful because he's terrible to camera diaz but here's like, the thing the beginning was yesterday yeah <laughs> literally yesterday yeah i hate that in this scene julia roberts does admit that cameron diaz is a great sweet person but she has yep. to destroy her. Yeah. Like she is Cruella DeVille level evil in this movie. She's yes. like the Dexter of relationships. <laughs> but not her relationship, other people's relationships. Well, this is like, what was it? Something borrowed where where her whole thing was oh. like, I'm a good person, but love transcends all. And you're just like, no, what? You are mean to a lot of people. Like, sure, she's also, you're all awful. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've seen something borrowed. We, we did, did it on the show. <laughs> oh my God, that's embarrassing. <laughs> it's the one where they were always at Shake Shack. Yeah, they were, they, John Krasinski, where she cheats on. Yeah. Oh my God, how did I block this movie out? <laughs> yeah, I, I absolutely remember this movie. Holy shit, yeah. But everyone in that movie's terrible. Yeah. But, yeah. but in this movie, Cameron Diaz is just not like young and naive a little yeah, bit. Yeah, she yeah, she just doesn't know. She's not that naive. I mean, she knows what she wants. I don't know. I feel like she is not standing up for herself. Like yes. she has lessons in life that she has yet to learn. And I feel like he's taking advantage of that. Yeah. She's 20 and she's pregnant. I don't think she's pregnant. I think that is. I think the baby in their relationship is Michael. Is Michael. <laughs> Just like the baby on this podcast is Michael. Wow. I think the pregnancy is a fan theory. <laughs> 
Don't make me put my toucan nose back on. (laughs) Such an upsetting visual. She also says, I think there's a specific clarity that comes with jealousy. And I'm like, no. Which it's the opposite. Yeah. And at this point, Rupert Everett's like, well, then your only choice is you got to tell him. You got to come clean. You got to tell him. Tell him you loved him this whole time, but you were afraid of love and needing to belong to someone. We all are to some degree. But he's like, but you like way more than a normal person. Yeah. He's like, we all are in some degree, but you're like really fucked up. Right. And he basically is like telling the truth that that's the only option. You you can't keep being a manipulative, evil person. You have to tell him the truth. So we cut to she goes to a suit fitting and she he sees her kissing George. She goes to tell him how she feels. And his suit is currently being tailored which i don't know if you know how long it takes to make a suit from scratch 12 hours (laughs) he is getting married in 12 hours oh it's probably more like 24 hours 24 hours hours, still like that is an insane turnaround for a suit well and they're not just tailoring the suit this is a custom made suit and we know because at one point she pulls out one of the tailor's tacks and the The sleeve falls down down, which would be normal in in that sort of situation but it's it's just funny yeah there's also i'll point it out later costume when because she is also wearing a pantsuit yeah that's her outfit and previously her pantsuit had rolled up sleeves and you can tell because they forgot to take the tailor's tacks out of the sleeves of her pantsuit oh yeah and you can see it in a ton of shots it's like (laughs) glare there's like a fold and then you can see the Taylor's tax. It's super obvious. That's hilarious. I love how Rupert Everett in this scene in the background is just fucking with a mannequin like yes. trying to like fit in or whatever. Well and if I, she's like waffling. She's not telling Dermot Mulroney what she needs to and it's not until he's like who the hell is that guy where she's just like, oh, that's George, my editor. And then she spins this whole yarn that we don't see. We just see the aftermath of her and George being engaged. And so George plays along, but with his own rules, which is chef's kiss. But in (laughs) the cab on their way to, it's like a brunch, lunch, like a lunch. Yeah. Yeah. He asks, he's like, I always thought your editor was gay. And and he's like, no, I just pretend to be gay to get women. And you're like, like, I don't think that works. (laughs) And she was like, it worked on me. Yeah. (laughs) I know for a fact, because I've been told this to my face, that uh, a girl was not interested in me because she thought I was gay in high school. There you go. Did she go to the Blair Witch with you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> there were a bunch of guys there. I figured you were on a date with one of them. She reached out to me today on Facebook. Today? Uh-huh. And she said, I just want you to know that episode's hilarious. You have great hair, too, and have a great summer. <laughs> She signed your yearbook, Mikey. <laughs> Rachel is a super nice person. I She yeah. honestly didn't reach out to me, which is probably appropriate. I asked her, her husband, and four other guys if she wanted to go to the movies with me. <laughs> <laughs> if you want, I can give you Eric and Dustin's number. <laughs> <laughs> and then she signed his fear book. <laughs> so they go to the wedding rehearsal. So this is the wedding rehearsal. The lunch after it is their rehearsal lunch. You know, usually it'd be a lunch or a dinner or whatever. And she tells him to underplay it and he overdoes it immediately. And it's the best thing in the world. Yeah. Because everyone he's and he's just like, like schmoozing with Kimmy and her mom. At one point, he's just the shoes, the purse. All of it. I love it. Yes, of course I'll go to lunch. Everything he says is like smooth as fuck because they invite him to lunch or whatever. And then Julia Roberts is trying to get him to leave. And she's like, what about your flight? And he goes, canceled. 
Yeah. <laughs> He's he so has the great. confidence that only someone who does not give a fuck what happens yeah. this yep. weekend can have. Yeah, he's like, I'm riding this train into the station, wherever that station is. I do not care. Well, <laughs> and here's my favorite. So we get to lunch. Oh. And clearly Dermot Mulroney is uncomfortable. He yeah. doesn't like that he's there. He is clearly jealous. It is super jealous. Yeah. Obvious. Yeah. And Rupert Everett becomes the star of this lunch. It is almost like wedding crashers where it's like <laughs> you don't want to draw too much attention to yours. But then he like he leans into it and they're like, how did we meet? And he's like, oh, I'll tell you. And then he. <laughs> I love this story. Spins this crazy story of meeting her in a mental institution because her review put a chef in that mental <laughs> institution. Yeah. And he was there visiting a man who thought he was Dion Warwick, but was actually a man named Jerry. Side note, if you are not following Dion Warwick on Twitter, fix your life. Yeah. Do it. She's an amazing follow. Amazing on Twitter. She, like, she'll tweet stuff that's just like, what the fuck is the circle? And you're just like, I just want to stand there and explain things to Dion Warwick. Anyway. I honestly, like, I think we could sell that idea for Netflix for a 12 season arc. <laughs> yeah. Explaining things to Dion Warwick. So he tells this crazy story. And then he says, like, I saw her from across the room. I knew someday we'd end up like this. And then he says, some glittering Doris Day, Rock Hudson <laughs> extravaganza, which. Rock Hudson. I was know. super yep. gay. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he, he is giving everyone there all the information they need. And it is going over every single person's head. And he asks, he's like, Dion, could this siren ever? I love that he establishes it's not Dion Warwick and then calls that person Dion through the rest of the story. Yes. He's like, Dion, could this siren ever love me? And then he breaks into oh my God. the moment. This is the scene that the, that's like super famous, right? This is like oh, what yes. made the movie. This is it, definitely in the trailer. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's I say a little prayer for you. Yeah. And and it is, they're not good at it. It's a bad group sing. It's real rough. The only thing that saves it for me are the cousins who can actually sing in harmony yeah. and are crushing they it. They are crushing it. What saves it for me is the guy who just like goes over and plays piano and then and he's like a, a waiter at that restaurant. And yes. then other waiters come out with crab hands and they're that, like doing the, the wave. It's so fucking funny. The the lobster claws in the back <laughs> of the scene. Make Which brings it. me to this point. Uh -oh. This is the third romantic comedy we have done where our main characters go to eat crab legs and no one looks dirty from eating crab legs at all that's true that's and true. there's no butter anywhere there's no crab anywhere we do see the crab what are they doing like i would have been like <laughs> i'm also as someone who does not enjoy seafood Same. on the whole doing an all seafood lunch for your rehearsal dinner is a big swing that is a big swing risky we also illinois they're landlocked <laughs> i mean they have that great lake but there ain't no crabs in there thank you yeah i was like <laughs> they got the lake but they don't have crab there were a the fucking red lobster in <laughs> illinois <laughs> yeah they had joe's crab shack yeah everyone's getting <sighs> sick for that wedding yeah everyone's gonna have like green diarrhea <laughs> it's gonna be real gross and then we're gonna have to count their farts and see if they're normal <laughs> mikey we're worried about you yes you shouldn't be i'm feeling great <laughs> the only way i will let you stir my fruit loops with your dick is if you fart while you do it of course i will <laughs> anything for you Paige. <laughs> 
on command. You're my friend. <laughs> you're you're my friend with bad boundaries. <laughs> That's how I got into your house naked, and is, I'm stirring my your cereal with my dick. I'm a cockadoo. Oh my god, I love it. <laughs> anyway, so she takes Rupert Everett back to the airport, and she's mad oh yeah she's like i'll call you at the turn of the century when i forgive you yeah and he basically is like look you're not gonna end up together you have different temperaments tell him you love him bite the bullet and this is where she says what will he do and he says he'll choose kim and you'll do basically you'll do what's right and go home yeah that's what you came here to do say goodbye he literally explains the end of this movie that we have 40 minutes of movie in 40 more minutes of movie yeah i feel like he does not accurately explain it in this movie because it gets a lot worse and terrible Her telling him in private that she loved him and him kissing her goodbye would have been an acceptable romantic comedy thing. What happens is way worse. It's not okay. Yeah. Yeah. So they get into a cab and she confesses that George is not her fiance. Yes. And confesses that she was jealous, but stops short of saying that she loves him. And so he's like, can we spend some time alone this afternoon? Which is wildly inappropriate in this situation. Yeah, they go on like a boat tour of like Michigan Avenue. That is that the Chicago River? I don't know what river it is right there, but yeah. I I don't know, but I thought it was weird that alone time translated to a tourist boat. I'm like, that's the least alone you could be. Well, I mean, (laughs) not if you dance and ignore everybody else on the boat. That's true. Yeah, which is super weird. Um, But so they have this conversation on the boat where he's like you've been the woman in my life she's like you've been the man in my life and he's like this could be our last time alone together and then he says except that hot affair we'll have twice a year and they laugh and i'm like i don't think that's a joke no i don't either because i think that they have been sexually active twice a year every year since college yeah yeah and then he basically talks about how he feels kind of pushed into the wedding but that he admires the way that Cameron Diaz is just open with her feelings. And he does this thing of like, if you love someone, say it, or that moment just passes you by. And then he just sits there quietly. And it's almost like he's expecting her to say it. And she doesn't. And then he doubles down and is like, Kimmy and I don't even have a song. Do you think that's a bad sign? Like he is giving her openings to like, should I call this off? I think what she is doing is terrible. Do I think she's misreading signs? I don't. I don't think so either. I think he's giving her signs. Yeah, which is terrible. Like, they're both terrible people. Yeah, and he then sings their song to her while they dance. Yeah. Slow dance, body to body on this boat. Yeah. I would hate to be on that boat. I'd be like, oh my God, these people. Okay, I hate this scene for a few reasons. Like, what's happening? I hate. I love the way it's shot. I love the timing of when they're talking about under the bridge. Yeah. When they're talking about like, like seizing the moment and telling someone how you feel they're in like the dark because they're under one of the bridges. And then they literally like, like show Julia Roberts, not tell him. Yeah. And then they come into the, like the harsh light of day and it like, it telegraphs all of that. It's done so beautifully but I yes. hate what's happening. I I just love the way it's shot. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Them under the bridge is perfect. And my favorite was when she just started in with, I don't ever want to feel like I did, did that, that day. day. Take me to the, the place, place I love. love. <laughs> Take me all the way. 
That was Under the Bridge by Red Hot Chili Peppers. Thank you. <laughs> in case you weren't alive in the 90s. <laughs> For those of you who were children at that time, I'm the grumpy old troll who lives under the bridge from Dora the Explorer. You're welcome. I babysat a lot. If you want to hear a better Red Hot Chili Peppers song, Suck My Kiss is their best song by far. It's so fucking funky. I think there are other contenders, but sure. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I'm with you on that. It's like one of the only other songs that doesn't include the lyrics of being about California. Well, you know, California does kind of fucking slap, so. Yeah. <laughs> They've been driving down the PCH for a long time. Yeah, for like 35 years. We get it. The entirety of the Scar Tissue music video. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, so... We cut to she shows up at Cameron Diaz's dad's office. She's going to take him to the bachelor party, but he's still in a meeting. So first she goes to his office and this is where she opens a laptop, which, by the way, is gigantic because it's the 90s. I was like, y'all remember when laptops were the size of boxes? Yeah. Uh, and she logs into his email because passwords weren't a thing yet and literally commits fraud. Yeah. She does literally commit fraud. Yes. Yeah. She sends that fake email, which is basically to... She saves it for later. Well, yeah, she saves it for later, but she should have just deleted it. She shouldn't have sent it at all. But her plan was not to not show it to Michael. Her plan was right. to bring Michael there. Like, ultimately, right. this is more sneaky to me. She doesn't want yes. a record on their, their server of that email going through, but she still wants the result of that email going out. Right. Yeah. And essentially this email is to his boss that's like, hey, fire him so he can come work for me. Which is a bonkers move. Speaking like, of Mission Impossible, this plan is very complex and convoluted. Yes. It was very weird weekend. when she was like starfished over the laptop trying to <laughs> switch out the knock list discs. God damn, I gotta watch Mission Impossible again. It's I, only ever I like any movie with somebody starfishes. <laughs> Oh, I only ever watch the Henry Cavill one now, but I should go watch, go back and watch the first one because the first one's really good. First one's I kind of want to watch all of them. They're all pretty good, honestly. This is why I think we should eventually start the action movie podcast we want to do. Guy, if we can, if I can retire from my day job, I will do a podcast per genre. No, that's <laughs> that's too a many. lot of goddamn podcasts. No, we should definitely do one that's action sci-fi. I think we should just do. Can I get you p words? Can a I podcast? get you p words a movie? Or yeah, can I get you p words a movie? <laughs> because then we could just like shoehorn anything you want yeah mm -hmm, mm -hmm, just not mm -hmm. right now i'm so tired yeah that's like if we're doing this full time yeah 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 so she tries to get him fired which is fucked up and she saves it for later just for a few hours till he could see it yeah as she is leaving with cameron diaz's dad tells i think his secretary or administrative assistant yeah or whoever, basically send everything in my outbox absolutely yeah yes i have four or five emails saved will you send those and she does because that's her job but also at the same time julia roberts puts on the ring yeah oh my god are we in the hotel room already no not yet no 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 can't and she can't get it off so she's wearing it that whole night yeah okay so i, I skipped ahead to where he gets it off and i was like oh fuck. we'll get there yeah we'll get to operation deep throat um i do <laughs> we'll get there we cut to later that night when she is trying to bring michael back there to show him the email yeah and they can't get into the office building because they because he was given the wrong keys or something like that whatever 
So they go back to the hotel. Yeah, and she thinks her her plan has been foiled by the lack of the correct keys. But we quickly find out that that email did get sent. It did get sent because he has a fax from his boss. And his yeah. boss is like, let me tell you some facts. That boss is the MVP, man. Yeah, yes? that boss is a fucking hero. Yeah, he's like, I'm not going to do this, but I want you to know what was said to me. I think it's wrong. I think you should know before you get married. That's like a baller move. It is because he doesn't fire him. He just says, I want you to know what you're marrying into. He doesn't say you shouldn't marry into this. He's just like, I need you to know the T before you do this. But also, this is where I timestamped it. There is 40 minutes left of the movie at this point. Yeah, and this is literally the night before the wedding. Right. So as... He then goes to call Kimmy. And so Julia Roberts sits outside and is smoking in the hallway and encounters Paul Giamatti, the bellman. Oh, I love Paul Giamatti and everything. And he crushes it in this. And this has to be one of his first movies. I, I think so, because he's so young. Yeah, in it. he's got a full head of hair, sort of. Sort of. But he lets her keep smoking in the hallway. As he walks away, the door to the hotel room opens. She falls inside. Dermot Mulroney takes her cigarette. Yeah. And then leans over and is like, so we called off the wedding because she denied sending it. She denied having anything to do with it. It's for the best. I guess I'm crazy. Like, I, I hardly knew her. I'm so glad you're here. Do you still have that ring? And then she reveals that she hasn't been able to get it off. And then he literally deep throats her finger and takes it off with his mouth. Which, by the way, second movie in two weeks to feature a finger suck. <laughs> I yeah. put it in my repertoire. I feel like it's always been in your repertoire, Mikey. Oh, yeah, you know it. <laughs> I mean, just, just pick your spots. Pick. Sometimes you just got to do, like, bold moves, and, like, people either love it or they don't love it. But if they love it, you're, like, in. Yeah, you take yeah. big swings. It's high risk, high reward, Mikey. <laughs> Yeah, you're gonna kiss the neck. That's boring as fuck. You can still do that, but you gotta you gotta swing for the fences, baby. Sometimes you gotta suck some pinkies. It's 2021. You gotta get out there. <laughs> you see the internet. That's what you're competing with. But all all I have to say is you gotta put your dick in cereal and swirl it around wearing a toucan nose. <laughs> Give me the fruit loop. I got your seven vitamins right here. <laughs> I'm always after your lucky charms. Fruit loops never tasted so sweet. Also, I did all the main and games on the back of the box. <laughs> There's a prize in your box and I'm coming for it. Suck it, asshole. You don't get to enjoy any part of the cereal. Also, I used almond milk. Oh, why did it ruin this? Yeah, almond milk ruined it, not your penis do. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're putting your dick in cereal and you're mad that I included nut milk? That's the only appropriate milk. <laughs> Mikey is all he's already gonna provide his own nut milk. The almond milk is redundant nut milk. <laughs> anyway, I just wanna go out on a limb, go out on a finger, if you will, and say you don't suck your friend's fingers. And if you are that's not your friend. Like that that's a step a step too far. I've yeah. never sucked a friend's finger. God yeah. knows I have. <laughs> and Mikey, when I woke up, I was not happy. <laughs> Listen, that ring was stuck. <laughs> and like I understand that he has just called the wedding off, but the fact that that is not an interaction that's considered unusual between them, it doesn't No, like Yeah, no, Paige, you're absolutely right, but they have maintained a steady sexual relationship since college clearly clearly the one thing i did appreciate is that when he calls the wedding off because i was afraid they were going to have sex he says yeah 
I just want to be left alone if that's okay. And then she leaves him alone. I I was yeah. like, okay, that's like appropriate for once. Well but done. But what he does say is like, essentially just give me a couple days to call the wedding off. And then he's like, maybe I'll go back to New York for a while and hang out with you. Or we can go on a trip somewhere. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Paige. So imply they're not having sex tonight. They're gonna. Yeah. He's like, give me three days to wrap up this whole pesky engagement. Yes. And then I'll be dicking you down shortly. If Sacramento it- sweeps San Antonio. And then he walks down the hallway singing their song. Yeah. That's going to become him and his wife's song, but we'll get That's there. That's so oh, fucking so upsetting. Fucked so fucked up. I was like talking out loud during the, this movie made me yell at the screen. I love it. Because I watched yeah. it with Alexa and I was like, she's not giving them their song. That's so fucked up. Ugh. We cut to the next morning. Uh, she wakes up. There's a letter outside her door and it's from him basically like i'm gonna go to brunch before the wedding and confront everybody and she's like oh no so she goes to that brunch where they have a whole table of bread sculptures (laughs) and i'm like this was the only thing missing from my wedding and Paige, honestly if you were in his situation and you showed up and you saw bread sculptures i'm 100 percent sure you'd be like Fuck it, I'm back in. <laughs> yeah, I'm in it. I did, I did have six different cakes, but no bread sculpture. And honestly, Paige, those cakes were amazing. Thank you so much for the invite to your wedding. I was so happy to be there on the day that you and Jake celebrated your love. You couldn't go because of your unhealthy love for Jake. And then as soon as Jake gets engaged, you're there trying to break the wedding yeah. up. He's, he's there just trying to suck Jake's ring off his finger. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I would never deep throat. Jake's finger. I have a a really bad gag reflex. I like that that's the reason. It is the only reason. <laughs> it, it, it would make my throat <laughs> uncomfortable. Not it would make everyone with an earshot uncomfortable. I have made so many jokes about being attracted to your husband that when we go out there and actually can like visit with you and like hang out with you guys, it's going to be awkward. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be like, just tell him how you feel. Kiss him <laughs> and I'm going to be like, Mikey, tell him you're my fiance. <laughs> <laughs> we met at a mental institution. <laughs> Just let me cater the wedding. Uh, Anyway. (laughs) You better. You're so good at that. (laughs) Thank you. So she confronts Dermot Mulroney at brunch. It is just like, yo, don't confront anybody. Like, people clearly don't know the wedding is off. Like, what's going on? Yeah, we have a plan. (laughs) Yeah, we have a plan. We're going to leave. We're going to fuck, as we have been for years. Yes. Um, So he asks her to go check on Cameron Diaz. She does. And she's like, hey, why haven't you told anyone that the wedding is off? And Cameron Diaz is like... I was kind of still hoping for a miracle. And she's like, I don't know why he thought that we would do this. And she, Julia Roberts then gaslights her and is like, maybe he just came up with it on its own. Maybe it's not even real. And it's like, bitch, you did it. You did it. Yes, it's terrible. But then Cameron Diaz like owns that it's something like that she may have driven him to, which made me so sad for her. Well, and Cameron Diaz admits in this conversation, she's like, I'll be honest with you. I really wish he would take that job because I don't want to give up everything. And I'm like, so you shouldn't be getting married. (laughs) Like, call the wedding off. Yeah, don't get married. I mean, stay engaged for a while. Try and figure out how you can make it work. Don't get married knowing it's not going to work. We've talked about pre-marriage counseling Yes. Before on this podcast. Yeah. It, it is important. Yeah. We we had premarital counseling. It was great. Yeah. Everyone should do it. The first time I got married, we had premarital counseling. Didn't help, but we had it. I mean, maybe it's just because you weren't marrying somebody as hot as my husband. She answered one of the questions wrong, which is, would you fuck a mannequin? 
<laughs> so again, Mikey, I have told you this many times. My wife, and now ex-wife, did not cheat on me. We just got married too young and it didn't work out. The two women I dated after her did cheat on me. One of them was a mannequin, but she was just my girlfriend. Have you thought about maybe the problem being you? I'm sorry, that sucks. And this is why I just avoid commitment, because it just sounds like a big mess. You also avoid listening to me when I talk about my past. <laughs> I am not your therapist. We have talked about this. You're my Rupert Everett, you bastard. <laughs> He's not listening either. He's like, crab gigs. <laughs> oh my God, you are my Rupert Everett. <laughs> So anyway, she feeds her this whole bullshit of you're creme brulee, I'm jello, he's comfortable with jello, you could never be jello. I could be jello. Um, no. You could never be jello. Like she loses her mind on her. I ain't never been jello, I could never be jello. If I wanted to be jello, I could because I'm that kind of high fructose girl. No, I would have told her I've been like, jello is trash for trash people who have wood paneling. I love Jello. I love Jello. I choked on Jello once as a kid, so I can't eat it. It like <laughs> it. I can't do it. It drives me insane. This and your pill thing is weird. Yeah, I take mm. pills the way you're supposed to take pills. Water no, first. That's not no. how you're supposed I don't to. Talk no. About this. Water first. You can't sing it. Singing it doesn't make it right. No. You can't be like Holocaust. <laughs> <laughs> Mikey, I wish I had time to edit this podcast, but I don't. So like, no cuss. So like, that's definitely going to be in the episode. I'm so sorry <sighs> that you just sung that. Wow. It just came out. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, we cut to a bunch of teens doing helium on the tennis courts. And, and like getting in trouble for it. Like, what, let, them, let them be. Well, okay, maybe don't. That can really hurt your brain. But like, she then goes to talk to Dermot Mulroney and is like, and finally admits like, yeah, she loves you. And we get the teens singing in harmony with helium voices. Yeah, they're Alvin and the Chipmunks singing. It's great. Yeah. Uh, so she then has to go deliver the message that the wedding is still on. And at this point, I'm like, why wouldn't you tell him before you told her the wedding was still on? Yeah. Why wouldn't you tell him before you get them back together, you moron? But Paige, it's because in that moment he was available and she was less interested. And then when yeah. she gets them back together and he's no longer interested, she's like, hey, can we talk a minute? And ruins the wedding. <laughs> yeah, I... Mm, or attempts to ruin it. Attempts to ruin it. So she takes him into the gazebo and finally is like, I love you, marry me, let me make you happy. And at this point in my notes, I just have, say no. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> say no. But instead she kisses him and Kimmy sees the whole thing and thus the chase ensues. So he chases Kimmy down. Kimmy drives away, which means they'll never catch her. She's faster than all of them. Yeah, she drives so insane and I'm here for it. Uh, he hops in his car. She can't find a car that's unlocked except for the bread truck. So she does commit grand theft bread truck. <laughs> it is a delicious felony. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's car. It's car delicious. Okay, okay, okay. I got one. I got one. I got one. She's going to be locked up and not gluten free. <laughs> Oh, man. It wasn't great. <laughs> hey, that's okay. 
I crust you to come up with the best puns. <laughs> anyway, so she calls George while they're driving. And George is at a book reading yes. by Harry Shearer, the voice of half the Simpsons. So it sounds like Principal Skinner reading. Erotica. Yeah, so funny. Uh, anyway, so she calls George and she literally says, getting what you deserve isn't fair. Yeah. And I'm like, is it though? Isn't that sort of the same thing? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, at this point, George is like, did he kiss you back? Was there anything on the other side? And she says, well, we were interrupted. And he says, so he's chasing Kimmy. You're chasing him. Who's chasing you? The police, because I stole this car. (laughs) 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 Please pull over and show us your sweet rolls. (laughs) (laughs) Baguette out of the vehicle. (laughs) Oh, man. Set the gun on the wheat. The street? No? Okay, we're done. Anyway. I'm glad they don't shoot her and she goes to Bagel. Bagel. God dang it. <laughs> Mikey, I think I almost like it better when they fail. It's like, <laughs> it's more funny to me. Uh... Like, it's so goddamn charming. <laughs> She's going to have to stand trial for Holotham charges. <laughs> <laughs> I hope things don't go awry. Oh, oh! shit! We know that you've been rubining the trucks. Is a Reuben the sandwich, right? God dang it. <laughs> Mikey, it's better when they fail. I love it. Yeah. I can't do good bread jokes. Honestly, honestly, it's better when your jokes are toast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, Rupert Everett is like, you're on a roll, but no one's chasing you. <laughs> uh, and then he basically is like, you need to admit it. You're not the one. And the wedding is at six and you have a small window of time to do the right thing. Every time Rupert Everett opens his mouth, it's classy. It's delivered with confidence and it's like sage like wisdom. And I love this movie for it. I don't love this movie. I love Rupert Everett. That's fair. What I mean to say is (laughs) he makes this movie watchable. If you ever want to know what it's like to be a therapist, put yourself in Rupert Everett's shoes. (laughs) 24-7. That's basically a therapy session of like, do you think that's the right thing to do? Who's chasing you? They just say like one like dramatic question. But therapist, he doesn't love his wife. Uh, uh (laughs) (laughs) You have a very small window to do the right thing because who's chasing you? I have a truck full of bagels. Sorry. <laughs> and there's no locks on it. Yes! Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> if I don't get them, then I get dough nuts. Oh, oh Mikey. <laughs> it's better. <laughs> I can't do bread puns. <laughs> I love that this is the weakness we found with you. <laughs> Yeah. Is Mikey funny? Oh, fuck yeah. But don't bring up bread. (laughs) (laughs) All of his jokes will go sour, though. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how we got here, but I'm so glad we did. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so she gets to the train station. She chases down uh, Dermot Mulroney. She sees him on a bench. She sits next to him and she's like, hey, I love Wait, you. I got but also- Get out of the truck and lay fat bread on the ground. I mean, that wasn't bad. Fuck. 
I'm done. Move on. Next scene. That was like nine bad jokes in a row. Yeah. That's like a record. It was pitiful. <laughs> oh, God! <laughs> I love how mad he is about it, too. That's so Y'all funny. Y'all flying circles around me. <laughs> Y'all remember that episode where I did a lot of Hal puns? I do, and they weren't as successful as all of the things that I'm baking up right now. <laughs> so anyway, she sucked on his finger. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was pretending like the mic was his finger. Anyway, so not only do I love you, is what she's saying to him, but also I tried to ruin your life, get you fired, and wreck your wedding. I do like that she owns up to the email. Right. Yeah. Because no one's caught her, and they wouldn't for a while. But he does not have the appropriate response to that revelation, though. No. This is why poor boundaries are so evident, because he's like, thank you for loving me that way. Which is the most unhealthy response to stalking and sabotage I've ever heard. He should have said, loaf me alone. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he he was into bread, too. Yeah, who knew? Anyway, so he does call her pawn scum, but again, he says that he's flattered. It's real, real not good. So he then reveals that the reason he's at the train station is because that's where he proposed. And he, it seems like it was spur of the moment. It was. His proposal story. They should not be getting married. No, they should not. So they decide that they're going to look at all of the romantic places they've been together and find her. So she goes back to the wedding. He goes off to look for her. Well, she doesn't go back to the wedding. She calls one of the two Nashvilleian cousins. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. I We see it, yes. but she's we not We see the wedding because this is when one of the cousins is on the phone. One of them is trying to yeah. deep throat the ice sculpture of David. Uh, so the, the one that is on the phone is Arlene from True Blood. And... She is giving her the rundown. She's like, yeah, nobody nobody noticed where she went after that commotion. She's like, oh, no, commotion. Did everyone find out? And she's like, oh, no, uh, my sister was sucking on an ice sculpture. Her tongue got stuck. It's a sculpture of the David. And we cut over to her sister clearly filleting an ice sculpture. Her hands are like on the butt of the ice sculpture. It's hilarious. Um, But this is where we find out that Cameron Diaz has gone to the luxury box at the stadium. Yeah, because she's been seen there. Right. That's how we know that. That's how we know. And so she tells the cousin to bring her dress to the church. And then we see the family bring a hair dryer out to the ice sculpture, which, by the way, <laughs> where is that plugged in? <laughs> They're in the middle of a field. Yeah. There's no, oh, it's just really an funny. unplugged also, hair dryer with noise. Let's unpack this. Yes. Because there's a lot of package to be un- unpacked. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, unpacked from her mouth. If you've seen the statue of David, there's not much of a package to unwrap. Uh, he is a grower, not a shower, and there is nothing wrong with that. No, but also a lot of genitals were removed from statues because it was considered perverse, and then they were replaced by much smaller genitals, and the David is rumored to have been one of those. Just saying. Okay. But also... Why would this a naked statue of David <laughs> be at a wedding made of ice outdoors in the summer because they're classy <laughs> i would go with the thinker they needed sausage to go with the rolls oh my god anyway so she goes to the stadium she finds her in the bathroom and i do love that like she gets her out of the stall and it's just a crowd of women cheering for a girl fight yeah and i also love that kimmy finally stands up for herself and is like you kissed him at my parents' house on my wedding day. Yeah. And the whole group of women is like, ooh, <laughs> get her, Maury. Ooh. Is and this what uh, women's restrooms are like? 
No. No, it's way too clean. That's true. Uh, but also, <laughs> women's restrooms are historically a very friendly place for women you don't know, especially drunk women you don't know, where you often meet people at the mirror and you're like, I like your earrings. And she's just like, I got them with pockets. And you're just like, we're best friends. And then you never see them again. That's my that's been my experience. All I want to know is how those earrings have pockets. Oh, who knows? She's fucking doing coke off the sink. I think she has bigger things to think about. So she apologizes and is like, you won. He loves you. I'd like to take you to the church. And so you can walk down the aisle and marry the man of our dreams, which is so problematic. Oh, that's a weird thing to say. That's a weird fucking thing to say. And it's because he sure wants to marry you. So it's almost like she's throwing it in her face, which is fucking weird. So then we get to the church. We see the other bridesmaids dresses. Love. Obsessed. (laughs) Absolutely obsessed. And we see hers where they've now beaded the entire top of the bodice of her dress. And for some reason, everyone's dresses, including Cameron Diaz, has like flowers in the armpits of the dresses. Oh, I didn't even notice Mm -hmm. that. Really? Mm -hmm. That's where a woman's flower is. (laughs) (laughs) Have you not read the stories page? I mean, typically I would go for the buns. <laughs> God dang it. Uh, look at the chibati on that one. Oh, yes. Nailed it. Man, she is just killing it. Anyway, they all have all-purpose unbleached flour in their armpits. And I don't know why. And it's, they seem to have been added to every dress. I'm not sure why that's going on, but it is. Look for it the next time you watch this movie, why everyone has flowers in their armpits. So... Through the wedding. So, like, for the rest of the movie. Uh, I love Cameron Diaz's wedding dress. A+. plus. So, we get to the reception. They go through the toasts. And her toast is bonkers. Oh, about, I had a dream that some crazy psycho was trying to break you up. But then I woke up and realized that you two are perfect for each other or something like that. Yeah, it's bonkers. And then she's like. She says, I didn't give you a gift. Yeah. So, this will be on loan until the two of you find your song. And they play her song, which is so fucking fucked up. It's not her song. It is Michael and her song. Yeah, it's their song. Yes, they so, definitely boned to this song. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And so it's literally as if it's her parting shot to still be like, this should be my wedding. Yes. It, like, it's so gross. And everyone acts like it's a super kind thing. It's offensive as hell. I'd be throwing a shoe at her. I don't and like. <laughs> I don't think anyone else knows what's happening except for Michael and her. And Michael's fine with it. He's like, well, I'm going to dance to this song at another wedding in a few years when I marry her. So it's fine. I may as well get Ugh. the steps down with this practice wedding I'm having. Ugh. But if I was Cameron Diaz, I'd be like, non. <laughs> God dang it. Son of a biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I can't think of any of them. I just can't do it. Honestly, Mikey, it's hard now because all of them have been taken. Like, if I hadn't had Indian food recently, I would not have had that joke in my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> so she throws the bouquet, and they're they're leaving the wedding, and she kind of misses them. She doesn't really get to say goodbye, and then he comes back and hugs her goodbye. It's like the crowd parts. They hug, yeah. and then he's gone. Yes. He literally says bye, which I thought was, like, poetic because yeah because he just wanted to crack her i did it (laughs) 
Did you, Mikey? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. So. Oh, but this wedding is super fancy. It may as well be at the Ritz. <laughs> crackers. Oh. As opposed to the reception, which looks like it's at the club. Crackers. God. <laughs> but you know what? They really had to one. They wanted to get really wheat thin for the wedding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why she was only allowed to eat a number of grams. Cracker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hope anyone out there is enjoying this as much as we are. So they leave. She goes back to the table at the wedding. Her phone rings. It's George. And he's clearly at the wedding. And he's like walking her on like a scavenger hunt to come find him. This is my favorite part of the whole movie. Like, and I love this scene so much. I do. And, and he does kind of quantify their relationship as like I love you maybe there won't be marriage or sex but by god they'll be dancing yes. but at this point I'm like so I'm supposed to be happy that she has unchecked mental illness <laughs> and has replaced him oh I didn't see this as them replacing Michael with uh, Rupert Everett I saw him as like hey I'm here for you I will help you through this until you pick your next target <laughs> I hope not. I hope that's not what it was. I well, because I feel like he is now fulfilling the role that Michael used to fill with the except like without sex. Michael was her emotional center where he was helping her through jobs, parents, all of that stuff. And now Rupert Everett has taken on that role. So it's almost like she's fostering another unhealthy friendship. The only difference is there's no sex in this. one. I honestly feel more comfortable with a friendship like that without sex. If that yeah, makes sense. agreed. So like, yeah, I feel like that's a much healthier relationship than the one she had with Michael. But I mean, I understand what you're saying and you're not wrong. I just feel like this is a much yeah. better relationship. And I think Rupert Everett really loves Julia Roberts character in this. And he really wants to be there for her. He's like a really great friend. He has spent conservatively 12 hours on airplanes this weekend for her. I yeah. do think that Paige is right. And she is just looking for the next guy to pump her nickel. <laughs> Mikey you finally found it I love it That was so good And I know for a fact you googled types of bread Yeah absolutely When you could have just said that Rupert Everett Is the greatest thing since sliced bread <laughs> I googled nothing And that's what we call punch up Well that's very lavish Sliced bread which is apparently a type of bread. <laughs> <laughs> he literally is just reading his Google search for types of bread. Mikey, it is lavash. <laughs> <laughs> I've only read that word. <laughs> well, I can't wait for you guys to come to my lavash wedding. <laughs> lavash, Mikey. Lavash. Lavash. I didn't realize you and Alexa were getting married. This is like wonderful news. <laughs> Every time you saw that bread, did you just think it was really fancy bread? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, don't, I love lavash. I love it. But now I wonder what your life is like that you're like, I'd love to buy it, but it's too fancy for my taste. It says it right on the package. It's lavish. <laughs> and that's, that's the, the movie. movie. So having seen it, having talked about it, what do you guys think about my best friend's wedding? Ooh, it makes me angry. Yeah, I can see that. I, controversial opinion, love this movie. But it is what? largely because unlike, and maybe love is a little strong, I like this movie. And it, the reason I do is because it has everything that Sweet Home Alabama doesn't have while we still follow the villain of the movie. Like, I will admit, we follow the villain, but... 
We also have a very, very funny straight man, although he's gay. He's the Rupert Everett character. I love Rupert Everett in this movie. We also have the realization that she is bad. Like, she realizes herself that she is doing some real messed up shit and, like, has that realization. Changes nothing, but she has that realization. So there are things about this I like, but it's it really is glorifying some pretty terrible behavior. I, in Sweet Home Alabama's defense... I think Reese Witherspoon and Josh Lucas have more chemistry. I agree. Agreed. I agree. You're having to twist yourself in some seriously weird ways, like a pretzel, to make this <laughs> argument. I like Rupert Everett. I do like that we get some harsh truths in this movie yeah. about the main character, but I think we spend so much time with her that it still kind of glorifies what she does. No, I agree. And she receives no consequences for her actions other than quote-unquote losing him and also i don't think he and cameron diaz should get married no absolutely not i mean if we want to talk about that do we think they're still together absolutely not absolutely not i don't think they are either and i think now 25 years removed from this movie he and julia roberts character did get married but are now divorced maybe um i have some things to reveal in fun facts but i I also don't think they would stay together i think i don't think they would i think i think all of these people have some unresolved personal issues that they need to tackle before they get into serious relationships i think these are just young yeah that's true she just needs to grow up yeah yeah but i'm with you i don't think anybody ends up together no one yeah but Paige, you have some fun facts for us yes well hit us with your fun facts Lavish Lavish fun fun facts. (laughs) All right. So rooms at the Drake Hotel uh, start at 129 per night, but the rooms that they were staying in the larger suites were likely closer to 200 to $300 a night in today's money, which means that each guest they provided a room for cost them approximately $1,200 for the stay. They may have bought blocks of rooms, but that's likely about what it would cost. We know at a minimum that that includes uh, both Dermot Mulroney, the cousins, and Julia Roberts, but likely other relatives as well, I think they paid for at least 20 people to stay there between guests and bridal party, etc. And they also probably had rooms for her to get ready for the wedding there. When you get married, a lot of times you get an extra room that's usually somebody's room. Somebody ends up sleeping there. But during the day of the wedding, it's kind of like the landing zone for people getting ready, people like bringing in donuts and stuff for the bride to eat. Like it's kind of your place sometimes a venue has a room specifically for that otherwise you have a a actual hotel room but let's say they paid for 20 people total to stay there for the four days between guests and bridal party that alone is about 20 grand now that's something that is an expenditure that happens a lot of times with weddings especially like my wedding we were there for a few days uh so we had to pay for like jake and i my parents my sister actually stayed like at one hotel over because she had her dog, but then a couple other relatives. And so this was something we dealt with, too. We just didn't do it for four days because that's madness. Yeah, that's so long. <laughs> now, also, each event over the four days of the wedding week would have cost approximately to ten to twenty thousand dollars minimum because they essentially have the equivalent of four small weddings. They have the engagement party. They have the rehearsal dinner. They have the other dinner with grandma, they have that brunch before the wedding and then they have the wedding and then they have a reception. So they're easily into this for call it 80 grand before the wedding even happens. Oh my God. Her bridesmaid's dress, just hers, 
could have cost as much as 1000 and as low as about 200 I would guess that the dress itself is in the lower two to three hundreds, but they have to order rush alterations, tailoring and beading, which would have definitely cleared an additional thousand dollars, if not more. So her bride made dress alone is costing about two grand, which means that that wedding dress probably closer to 10 grand. But all that's okay because her dad's salary is likely somewhere in the neighborhood of $16.5 million to $32.7 million a year if you include ownership of the White Sox. I'm sorry. What? That's insane. Yep. I am flabbergasted. Yeah. So let's get into some of the non-money facts of this movie. Okay. Uh, because also... None of their jobs could pay for any of that. It's all predicated on what her yes, dad can pay absolutely. for. Absolutely. As it would be in real life. <laughs> As it would be. Uh, so the casting for this movie went through a bunch of different iterations. Julia Roberts is one of the few that was cast for the bulk of production. Mm -hmm. So she handpicked both Dermot Mulroney and Cameron Diaz after they'd gone through three or four rounds of casting other people. Uh, Drew Barrymore was almost Kimmy. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dermot Mulroney uh, was cast after Edward Burns turned it down. Oh, I love Edward Burns, too. I, I know you do, and I don't know why, but whatever. The movie confidence. It's all because yeah. of the movie confidence. Laura Dern was also considered to play Kimmy, okay. and Callista Flockhart turned down the roles of both Julianne and Kimmy. Wow, Before okay. it eventually went to Julia Roberts. Um, most of the songs in the movie were either originally performed by Dionne Warwick or covered by her later on. Nearly all of them are Burt Bacharach songs. Sarah Jessica Parker was also originally offered the role of Julie, Julianne. Yeah. But she wasn't able to take it because at the time she had signed a commitment to a small cable network for an ensemble comedy series <sighs> that would air the following year. It was HBO and that role was Carrie Bradshaw on Sex and the City. And I honestly, I think she made the right decision hanging on to that one. It's a shame that TV show never really panned out, but yeah. I know, right? <laughs> In the movie, Rupert Everett's character's name is George, but in the script, he was originally called Digger. Oh, I'm glad they changed that. Me too. It's really weird. That is very weird. During the helium scene where they're singing in harmony on helium, the song being sung was Annie's song by John Denver. John Denver would actually die in a plane crash just a few <gasps> months after the film was released. I'm not saying this film is responsible, but <laughs> maybe it was. We don't know. We don't know for sure. We will never know. We'll never know. In the original ending, because this movie originally oh. had a different ending, after watching Michael and Kimmy leave the wedding reception, Julie at the wedding meets a man played by John Corbett. And the implication is this experience has taught her things about herself, enabling her to fall in love with somebody else. But the ending tested terribly and audiences wanted to see more of George. So they filmed an entirely new ending. So the scene with Rupert Everett at the end was added after the movie was finished. Oh man, I love that scene too. It really does make the movie. Like without that scene, I don't like this movie. I mean, I will say, so a movie that I am similarly very frustrated with is 500 Days of Summer for a lot of similar reasons. Wow, really? I hate that movie. Um and at the end, they do something very similar to the original ending of this movie where he meets a girl named Autumn. And I always thought that was pretty cheap. And so I was torn because I feel like it fits better in this movie, but I can understand why audiences did not like it. Yeah. In the scene where everyone gathers in the large room to watch Kimmy throw the bouquet, it was filmed at a museum in Vernon Hills, Illinois. 
and the film crew removed the carpet from the floor, rolled it up and stored it someplace on the premises. And it took the museum several months to find the carpet again. (laughs) How big is that museum? I don't know, man. It was wild. And those are your fun facts. Well, thank you for those fun facts, Paige. Let's talk a little box office. So this movie came out in 1997. What do you think the budget for my best friend's wedding was? I think this is actually an expensive movie. Yeah, I do too. It look, I mean, fifteen. I'm gonna go eighteen million. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna go twenty million. Paige, you're a little bit closer, but the budget was forty six million dollars. Holy what? shit! In ninety seven. In nineteen ninety seven. Now, if you adjust for inflation, that works out to be seventy seven point eight million dollars. It was an expensive movie. That's yeah. offensively expensive because it is. <laughs> by the way, not on the screen. That that is. No, it, I think that's salaries, man. A, a lot of people in yeah. this movie were big actors at the time and still are. Yeah. So let's talk about its first weekend out, which was June twentieth, nineteen ninety seven. It was number two in the box office. It was beat by Batman and Robin, and then of course it was number two. So my best friend's wedding was number two. Con Air was number three. Uh, the Lost World, Jurassic Park was number four, and Speed Two Cruise Control was <laughs> number five. Uh, what do you think it made its first weekend out on June 20th, 1997? It was number two. Now, June is wedding season, which, by the <laughs> way, I feel like if you watch this during wedding season, that would be very upsetting. Yes. But You start looking at your best friends really weird. <laughs> <laughs> Back in the day, a very common thing was for bridal parties to go see a wedding movie. And so a lot of wedding movies come out in June. I saw... Big Fat Greek Wedding for my aunt's uh, wedding. I saw Bridesmaids for my best friend's wedding. Like, it's a thing. So I think that's probably part of why this made a lot of money. Uh, But I'm going to say it probably made at least 15 its first weekend out. Okay. Mikey, what do you think? I'm going to say 25. All right. Mikey, you're closer. It made $21.6 million in its first weekend out. It was in the top five of movies. For four weeks, for a whole month, it was in the top five. So its second weekend out, it dropped to number four. Its third weekend out, it was number four again, beating Batman and Robin. Number five, and then the fourth week, it was number five. Uh, So it 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 did, Paige, as you said, make a lot of money. But what do you think it made domestically? Let's lock down that figure. Well, and also think about it this way too: that top five is action movies. Which like, yeah. Don't get me wrong. I ain't mad at it. No, I would. I would have been to see Con Air. I think I saw Lost World this weekend. Anyway, if you're a group of girlfriends who wants to see a girl, air quotes, girl movie, this is your only option. So I'm gonna say this made at least a hundred mil. Mikey, what do you think? One hundred and twenty million dollars. Mikey, you are very close. It was one twenty six point eight million dollars. If you adjust for inflation, that's just over two hundred and fourteen million dollars. It's actually two fourteen point six million dollars. It went on to make another guys. Hold on to your butts. One hundred and seventy two point one million dollars internationally for a total of two hundred and ninety eight point nine million dollars in nineteen ninety seven. That is half a billion dollars today it's 506 million dollars if you adjust for inflation this movie made a shitload of money <laughs> Damn. yeah it created a generation of unhealthy relationships today. tell me yeah, about probably. it yeah i i have never understood when people are like oh i love this movie i'm like i don't understand it i really don't because she's so troubling but that's your troubling box office so mikey 
This week, I made us watch My Best Friend's Wedding. Where are you taking us next week on Bonkers Mikey Time Travel Summer? And I can tell by the look on your face, you did not prepare. I did, I did. I just forgot the, the name of it. Okay. I'm going to choose When We First Met on Netflix. Okay. When We First Met, what's it about? It's about after spending a night with the girl of his dreams, only only to become just friends, a man gets opportunity to travel through time and alter that night over and over again until he gets everything perfect. So it's like a one-night stand Groundhog Day featuring Adam Devine and Alexandra <laughs> Diodario? I'm here for that it. That sounds amazing. <laughs> Get amped on demand. Let's do it. So your homework for next week is to... Have a one-night stand and then continue repeating that one-night stand until you get it right and watch. And that's basically what a relationship is. When we first met. <laughs> yes, Mikey, I guess it is. Yeah. Eventually, she just has like a toothbrush at your house and you're like, I'm okay with this. We can hold hands while we walk. I liked holding hands. Hashtag growth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? Oh, fuck. I forgot. So, Mikey, while you remember that we do this every week and look up a review, <laughs> I will tell them how they can have their review read on the podcast, and that is simply to leave us a five-star text review, and Mikey will read it. We got a good one today. Check it out. So, Mikey, whose review are you going to read this week? Oh, man, there's a good There's a good Okay, which one should I read? There's like a lot of good ones. There's like two really long ones. I don't know. Whichever one you want to read. I'm going to do music and notes. Okay. Music and Notes has wrote a review that says, Hilarious Trio. Oh, I thank you. This podcast isn't about true crime, but it is a fantastic reprieve. It's a very 10 cent word there. I bet they are a cult podcast listener that checked this out and loved it. I followed Paige over from Cult yep. Podcast. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> and while I truly believe she could make reading the phone book hilarious and educational, she could I also adore Todd and Mikey. Absolutely. And you listed the right name first. That is correct. Ooh. Paige. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's absolutely true. The the worse a movie is, the more I love the episode as the ridiculous puns and outbursts of fury cracked me up. Oh man, we went places with the bread puns this episode. <laughs> yeah, all those places I failed at. Thanks for bringing much needed levity into my traditionally dark podcast lineup. No problem. That's what we do. I'm basically a stay-at-home mom grabbing snacks for toddlers all day, so I'm glad to have you in my ears as my podcast friends. Y'all rock star eyes emoji. Oh, why well, thank you so much. Music you. and no it was music and notes, right? Uh-huh. Thank you so much, music and notes, for that awesome five-star review. And to that last line, I have just this to say. Cop and rock! Woo! So sorry. All right. So um, yeah, guys, if you like this power thruple that we have here on this podcast, make sure to check out our other podcast, The Horror Virgin. And that is the only other podcast that Mikey and I are on, but Paige. Gets around and she is on two other podcasts, Black Card Rehab and Cult Podcast. So, guys, definitely check out those because they're amazing. If you want to follow us on social, we are at Romancing the Pod Show. Yes. On yes. Instagram. And we are at something else on Twitter who I just have never taken the time to learn. It's, it. it's just Romancing Pod Show because they have a character oh. limit and it's show, S H O, like Showtime. So, guys, check that out as well. And if you want to follow us all individually, Paige is at Rampage Wesley everywhere, including TikTok. 
except for Twitter, where she is at Paige Wesley. Mikey is at M Randolph 24, and I am at Todd J Awesome everywhere. And guys, we got a P.O. box. So if you want to send us some love letters or whatever you might send to a P.O. box, it's actually not a P.O. box. It's like a regular street address. It's pretty awesome. It's 6688 Nolensville Road, number 108-34, Brentwood, Tennessee, 37027. So send us some stuff. Yeah. That's going to be it for us, you guys. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm Todd. And you complete us. To completion. I want to suck that ringer off your finger. <laughs> uh, no. Dip dip my dick in your loops. <laughs> Leave my loops alone. <laughs> Loop nerds. <laughs>